Cleveland! This is for you! Talking about balls. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price and Tim Buck, too. Kyle is at home. He is in Chipper's sewing room. He brought himself a light. Kind of looks like he's in a bathroom, actually. But <laughs> <laughs> No, I actually be kind of better if I was sitting in a toilet right now. But no, I'm sitting in my kitchen, actually. Uh, the wife's cooking okay. dinner oh, okay. right now, so it smells beautiful. Not bad. Well, if we had smell vision everybody at home would like to know, what are you eating for dinner tonight? Um, what are we? A spaghetti and some kind of a pull-apart garlic bread we got from Costco. Because we're now Costco black Perfect. members, so I feel special. Well, I am a Costco white person. That's all I know at Costco. <laughs> Didn't know they allowed black people into Costco, if I'm being honest. Sometimes. I, th- I think they send in the BJs, so it's okay. It's like one day a week. We like BJs. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? All right. Uh, well, we are here. Tim, how are you doing, man? I'm excellent, man. I, I can't complain. Just did 50 first jokes on uh on on Sunday. Oh man, you gotta hear fun, that. Man. We gotta hear that joke that you that he you played told. me the clip before we started. He fucking killed it, dude. You gotta send it to me. Not all to the point. Yeah, if you can get it uploaded, Tim. If you want to play it at the end of the episode. Yeah, I can upload it. Yeah, do that. That's, Let's do that. That's I'm great. I want, I want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. He killed it. Did a great job. He was up there, quick to the point. Nailed the joke. Great job, man. Kudos to Tim Buck too. Hilarities, the man, the myth, the legend gets to play at one of Cleveland's most, fa- I, I'd say their they're most famous uh, comedy club. Yeah, one of them. I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's yeah. anything bigger than that one, but yeah, that's, that's impressive. I've actually never been to, to the improv, to be honest. I've been next to it a million times, right right there by Shooters. I've just never been there. Well, that's across in, um, the old flats, right? Across the river there? Yeah, yeah. it's right by where uh, Con and Carissa live. Oh, okay. Lee, uh, dinner will be when we decide uh that's at a later date to be determined uh we'll pick i heard i heard i heard josh said i was buying we said well the bet was (laughs) loser if the browns won they buy us dinner vice versa obviously the steelers won the game they're talking about balls o's uh the steel city running late dinner we're gonna set strict here's the rules though for dinner strict start time probably like seven o'clock for dinner and knowing them and their reputation, you're not there by seven when the sh- when the dinner starts. We're not buying. That's it. Rules is rules. Sorry. Every minute, there. every minute you wait, you owe us a dollar. Kind of like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I got yeah. a weird feeling we're only buying two out of three people dinner. I think Dave and Chipper will make it. Hell, they'll probably carpool together. Lee, on the other hand, we'll see what happens with that. All right, well, let's get right into it. Um, well, first and foremost, we have an updated show schedule board here, and I want to get to that. Um, some new shows to look forward to, some new times for some shows. Uh, we'll start We'll start with Wednesday, just because that's the day talking about balls is. So let's do it. Cleveland's Finest premieres, I believe, next Wednesday? I believe so. Next Wednesday, Cleveland's Finest from 4 to 6 at Studio 2, and then obviously talking about balls at 7 to 9 with She Vibes. Mm-hmm. Clocking in from 8.30 to 9.30 Thursdays. You've got that guy dubbed from 3 to 4. Lex Vegas from 7 to 8. Club Pizzle from 8.30 to 9.30. And Broad Street South and Money's Crazy Soundtrack. Both are on a little bit of a break, but both will be back. Uh, Friday nights, you've got the Grapevine. You've got Money's Crazy Mind. Uh, Grapevine, speaking of which, Kyle and I will be guests on the Grapevine next Friday night. So check that out on the 20th. Talking about balls, invades. And yes, those were crickets because we are going to bore people probably. I heard Tim play over there. He knows what's going to happen. Um, 
But yeah, that'll be next Friday, the 20th. We are going to be live with Grape. Can't wait to see him again. And then on Saturdays, you've got comedy. And, well, we'll start early. I'm sorry. Dynamite Dave is a new host with, I forgot the other co-host name off the top of my head. Um, but they're doing Unscripted, which is not on this page. But Unscripted starts 10 a.m. till 12 noon on Saturdays. And then uh, 4th and 15, hopefully Mel and uh, Smooth come back soon for their 2-4 to four sports show. Great show. I miss those guys. Haven't seen them in a while. Uh, comedy and Cocktails with Jen Jen, 8.30 to 9.30. Too much information from 10 to midnight. Sundays, early morning, right when everyone's getting out of Sunday Mass. We have Steel City run, running lights from 10 to noon. will be their new time. Uh, this Sunday, they're doing a one-hour season recap special. And then, I'm sorry, February 1st, some of the shows are starting. I don't know which one. I don't know the dates off the top of my head. Um, either way, Steel City running lights, 10 to noon, will be their new time when they come back from their hiatus. Medium Ratchet from 6 to 7, Just Therapy on Monday nights with Sean Boyd. Live on location with Gary Wenner on at uh, Steel City, uh, I'm sorry, RedlineRadioLLC.com. Gary Wenner spins the tunes from 6 to 10, Broad Street South. And, of course, I'm ending it with my main man, Tim Buck 2, 6 to 8, Tuesday nights. You can catch him every fucking week. Okay, Cleveland's Finest starts February 1st. Okay, my bad. Uh, but either way, new shows coming up, new shit, new times. A lot of stuff happening in Redline Radio. Check it all out. <clears throat> Without further ado, yes, we owe the running lates dinner because the Browns couldn't do what the Detroit Lions did. And I even said going into when we were on the show with them on Saturday, I was like, I, I'm not expecting the Browns to win. So we'll keep the bet to kind of a lighter, lighter sentence. Uh, and the Browns did just that. They barely showed up. Uh, lost audio with Kyle. Yeah, I'm mute. Sorry. There we go. Now we go. Yeah, sorry. They uh, they showed up, but they didn't do shit with it. I mean, it's it's yeah. they not. It wasn't a complete game. I mean, there was flashes of of, of decent stuff, and it was a typical Browns game. They look good in some parts, and they look like they look like shit in the other parts. I just don't understand. Um, how many times is Watson going to get sacked before we realize we have an issue there? You know what I mean? It's just it's not good. So. Yeah, to me, that's something that needs to be addressed in the offseason. They need to – and not, I'm not saying they need to go out and get new offensive linemen. They just need to right. re-scheme everything. Uh, clearly, Watson can extend plays. Watson can avoid sacks. Watson can make the play go longer where the offensive linemen aren't used to that, and it shows because that's why we get called for so many holding penalties. That's why Watson got sacked so many times. Um, clearly, there's a miscommunication with everybody, even with the wide receivers. When Watson goes into scramble drill, they have no idea what they're doing. Nobody can get open. Uh, it, it, the, the offense looks terrible in that situation. Uh, so, I mean, me, do you think part. that he, you think he holds on to the ball too long too? I mean, do you think he should start learning to just kind of get it out throw it away if you have to? I, he tends to want to extend the play a little bit too much, I think. And in, in, in kind of retrospect, he gets sacked because of that more. But I, I, mean, I don't know. It's visions of what I saw. Yes and no. I mean, I'd have to watch like the all 22 to really see what's happening with the wide receivers. Cause if he's not about to get sacked, like if he's, if he thinks somebody can get open and no one's getting open, I mean, A, he's got to be out of the pocket. A lot of the sacks he takes are in the pocket. Um, right. So he couldn't throw the ball away without getting called for grounding. So if he takes a sack when he's scrambling around, sure, uh, you'd hope he can get rid of the ball and make a smart decision. But if he's in the pocket, there's really not much he can do. Um, and I also just think uh, from an all-22 perspective, I'm guessing I'm willing to bet most guys just there's no open people. So he has to hold on to the ball because what else is he going to do with it? Um, yeah, they're, they're hoping, secondary. Number did one, pretty well against us, yeah. Yeah, they did. I mean, and that's the thing. And, and that goes back with a lot of fans that that talk shit about uh, the offense when Watson came in because they said, well, 
Jacoby Brissett made the ball and the offense move. Why can't Deshaun Watson? And that's because the defenses are playing us differently. Defenses are now aware of the passing game. With Jacoby Brissett, they basically said, if this guy beats us with his arm, kudos. And didn't happen uh, most of the time. Uh, in this game, weird game, we had some glimmers of hope. Like Kyle said, we did cut the lead to uh, 14 to 20 with, I think, what? It was in the fourth quarter. There was still almost a full quarter left. And then our defense let them convert three straight three and outs or, or third downs. And we let Kenny Pickett pick us apart. And not just because he's a stealer. You guys know where I stand on this. I think Kenny Pickett sucks. Uh, look, at I mean, he threw for like 40% on Sunday. How do you lose to a guy who throws for 40%? That's pathetic. That's just shame on the defense. That was the final nail in the coffin. That's why Joe Woods got fired, which we'll talk about later. Um, but really just a piss poor performance from both sides of the ball. Sure. Uh, the interceptions from uh, Deshaun Watson, unacceptable. You can't have those. You can't win a game if you tur- lose the turnover battle most of the time. And then you got to stop Kenny Pickett for fuck's sake. The dude's thrown 40%. He's overthrowing everybody. His accuracy was terrible. And we still let him convert all those third downs. It's that paired with the stupid penalties. Some of those penalties we got called against. I mean, both sides of the ball, let's be honest. I saw Lee's comment. I agree. It, it was some ridiculous play um, refing in that game. But the plays we got beat on with Pickett were just those like, you know, quick slants and the receivers made the plays. Or we got a lucky and threw the ball down the field and got the pass interference call. So they were moving the ball down the field in big chunks. It was, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we let that it, beat it, us. To what Lee said, you had the the one, it was third down. They threw it deep, and the refs called a pass interference on, first they called it on Tony Fields, who had nothing to do with the play. Then they right, switched yeah. it to yeah. um, Grant Delpit, who had nothing to do with the play. It was Greg Newsom covering, and Greg Newsom, even the announcers were like, where's the penalty? What are they throwing this flag on? They never showed a replay, nothing. Complete horseshit call basically gave Pittsburgh a touchdown because that was third down. We stopped them. They would have had to punt. Instead, they got down into the red zone, scored a touchdown. So the refs gifted them a touchdown. And then on our side of the ball, the refs missed a blatant face mask, which was a huge momentum and drive killer. They, quote unquote, apologized afterwards to Watson for missing it. And then I saw Steeler fans complaining about the uh, the the roughing the passer penalty on Cam Hayward. That's a normal NFL rule. You cannot lift a guy up and slam him down. That's a rule no matter what it is, quarterback, whatever. That's a, that's a rough, a necessary roughness penalty for any position in football. He literally took Deshaun Watson, body slammed him down. That's not a tackle. You're not allowed to do that. They throw the penalty on that for anybody. So I saw them bitching about that, and they were like, oh, this is ridiculous. That's, that's a roughing the passer. That's literally a rule that happens to every team. If you pick a guy up and slam him down, it's a penalty. Yeah, I mean, uh, granted, it might not have been like a WWE body slam, but it was still enough to, I mean, you're right there in front yeah, of the ref. They're going to call it on the other time. Affecting quarterbacks at all costs, so it's really not that shocking. I would have expected that penalty to be against us, to be for us, whatever. That penalty is going to get called no matter who the team is. I don't think the refs blew it. That's just, they're protecting quarterbacks. That's what their business is. The NFL makes their money on quarterbacks. So I had no problem with that call personally. And again, not just because it, it benefited the Browns. I think that's just a normal call in the NFL. I think it happened to the Steelers two weeks ago or whatever. They called a, a late uh, roughing penalty on Cam Hayward or unnecessary roughness on him against the Ravens a couple weeks ago. So clearly the guy's got some sort of, he, he likes to play a little too aggressively after the whistle. It's, it's a problem with him, not a problem with the refs. So what did you like in this game that you saw? I mean, there's a couple of things that stood out to me. 
Um, I mean, Chubb's Chubb, but I mean, I, I was just kind of happy to see uh, Winfrey doing pretty decent things, even though it was against not a kind of a piss poor offensive line. Um, he seemed to get yeah, in the backfield I mean, a couple times. Or, or, uh, yeah, he had a big sack, and I think it got called back from a penalty on the Browns, of course. Um, right. But it was a great, it was good to see him show up. Uh, obviously, Miles Garrett was getting double and triple teamed. And then that one sack that he got, which was huge in our in our favor, uh, was fantastic. Seeing how quick he is, uh, him tying his franchise record for single season sacks in a season. He got named to an All Pro this week, as did Jill Batonio. Great to see that. Um, other than that, on Sunday, I didn't see a ton that I really liked. Um, I mean, you got Jedrick Wills, who's playing at fifty percent at best. He was banged up all year. <clears throat> you had no Jack Conklin, so you had James Hudson filling in at right tackle. Uh, the whole offensive line, Ethan Posick had just come back a couple weeks ago. You've got a lot of injured, banged-up guys. I think they did all right against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's uh, defensive line. They did okay. Uh, obviously, Watson can't take that many sacks. That's just unacceptable for a franchise quarterback. You can't let that happen. He's going to end up getting hurt. Uh, honestly, really not a lot to be excited about from this game, if I'm being honest. It kind of looks like the team didn't really go all in. And then what's worse for me is right after halftime, Clearly, the defense quit. I mean, that's why Kenny Pickett, again, three straight three third downs, they let him convert, score a touchdown, game over. They went up by 14 with, you know, six minutes to go, whatever. Game was over at that point. Um, Conspiracy theory, they wanted to just ensure that Woods was being fired, so they said, fuck it. (laughs) Yes and no. I also think a lot of them were kind of like, they were like, fuck it. Uh, the season's over. We have nothing to play for. The refs are against us. They're getting called for all these bullshit penalties. So they're probably like, I, I just want to go home. I don't even care at this point. That's kind of what I saw. Which is yeah, a shame. Yeah. I mean, you look at a team like Detroit who came out there with nothing to play for. And they That's played. I was, gonna, I was just going to bring them up. Like Detroit did such a great job knowing they weren't going to do anything. Yeah. But again, I mean, the Browns held their own. They made it a one possession game uh, with, with the whole fourth quarter to go. And then shitty calls from the refs. Defense gave up that touchdown. That was the end of the game. So, I mean, I think we could have had a chance to possibly come back. Watson was moving the ball pretty well. We scored that touchdown to Nick Chubb, and then we needed a stop. That was it. Right there was, you guys have to come out and play defense, make this stop, force the turnover, or, you know, punt, whatever. And they gave up a touchdown, and then a two-point conversion on top of it. So, the defense first, quit. Uh, first receiving touchdown by Chubb, uh, for the, I think, for the year. Yeah. Kudos to him. He... uh Something for, to be happy about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for all the idiots at home that that every week bitch and say that Kevin Stefanski doesn't use Nick Chubb enough, he had over 300 carries, which was a career high. He had over 1,500 rushing yards, which was a career high. And he caught that touchdown there. Uh, but again, not enough for Browns fans. They said they should have used Nick Chubb more. They're never happy. They would have preferred to run Nick Chubb 30 times in a meaningless game and risk him getting hurt than doing what we did and who gives a fuck. Now we have a fourth place schedule next year, not the end of the world. I don't know why Browns fans cared. Are you going to be sad that we don't get to play the Browns fans are stupid uh, marquee anymore for their while? Oh no, they'll still be now. Now it's just the beginning. Now is the off season where they're going to, I, I heard a guy the other day on the radio and I'm not making this up. A guy called in and they were like, all right, you know, Browns are looking for defensive coordinators. What do you want them to do? And he goes, they need to bring back Mike Patton or Greg Williams as defensive coordinator and they need cheerleaders. That's going to turn it around. And they were like, what? And the guy was dead serious. That's his fix all for the, for the Cleveland Browns, get cheerleaders and bring back two old shitty coaches. 
Jeez. So that's, I mean, that's not as bad as what I heard this morning on the way to work. So they, someone called in and they were basically talking about how some of these DC candidates that came out were no brainers, obviously, you know, Flores and right. and Schwartz and stuff. Um, but somebody's like, Oh, in Cleveland, typical fashion, those guys are just window dressings. They're really going after the guy out of Seattle because that's the analytic guy they really want to get. So they're just going to tell you they're interviewing these other people, but they're really going after him. And then he hung off the phone. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think there's a reason Jim Schwartz and Brian Flores were the first two to get their interviews scheduled. The other two guys, um, Sean Desai and Gerard Mayo are the other two candidates they've requested interviews with. They haven't even scheduled a time for those guys. So there's a good chance with, I think Jim Schwartz is supposed to interview tomorrow and Brian Flores is, I think Friday. Uh, there's a good chance. One of those guys don't leave the facility without a contract. So I doubt we even interview because. Uh, they have to wait till they interview Brian Flores because of the Rooney rules. So they have to interview a minority. So they'll interview him Friday, which is why I think he's the guy they're going after. Uh, excuse me, the guy they're going after because they'll interview Jim Schwartz, get a good feel for him, interview Brian Flores, offer him the job. It's his to take. And then if he says no, they go back to Jim Schwartz. It's kind of my guess on what they're going to do. Um, I'm happy with I either one of those, to be honest. I just, I just, I'm curious because they're both blitzing court, uh, defensive coordinators. And I'm curious to see what a team like this with more blitzes, what we can do. I think we can be very disruptive. I like both because both can, both will work with what they have. They're not a, you fit into my system kind of guy. It's a, what are you good at? I am going to really try to make sure you can do those great things because we didn't have that with, with uh, Joe Woods. We just didn't. You have great cover man corners in Greg Newsom and even Martin Emerson looked really good this year as a rookie, as a cover corner, a man cover guy. Um, and you've got Denzel Ward and we ran so much fucking zone. I don't understand it. I, it never made sense to me. And then like you said, we're not blitzing. So we're trying to get to the quarterback with a four man rush. And those four men are miles Garrett and a bunch of fucking bums. Right. That's what I didn't like about our defense. And we were never getting to the quarterback quarterbacks had all day to throw. Um, even against the Steelers early in the season, luckily Mitchell Trubisky's not a very good quarterback, but Mitchell Trubisky had all the time in the world to throw the ball. Because again, defenses could just scheme. Triple T, Miles Garrett, we're not worried about anybody else. Throw the ball. And then you're in a zone, so you got guys just finding wide open pockets, and the quarterbacks can just go, okay, whoop, there you go, completion. And that's why our defense got toasted so many times. It was embarrassing. They should have fired Joe Woods a long time ago. I think everybody and their brother knew that in Cleveland. Um, the only problem is the rest of the coaching staff sucked also and there was nobody worthy of being promoted to be the new oh, defensive coordinator fuck. so they were like fuck it stick with joe woods for the rest of the year ride it out see how it goes and win exactly what we expected like shit. i also i also think that part of them bringing in flores is because i mean let's think let's in the future let's just say it's not a great productive year for kevin Stefanski, and if he gets fired i mean what better option to have in the wings you could slide over than a, a, a coach that was a coach before and did a hell of a, a job. Of, I mean, a lot of people think that I personally don't um, mm -hmm. because if this does go South with Kevin Stefanski, everyone's getting fired. Andrew Barry's gone. Kevin Stefanski has gone. I think Deepa Des has gone, which means the coaching staff's going to be brand new with the next regime also. Uh, so I don't think there's a, a plan B if things don't go well, I think you kind of realize most teams, if you fire your coach in the middle of the season, you're not, unless you're the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016, you're not going to then take your interim head coach to the championship. Mm. It's, it's very rare. Uh, the only team that went to the playoffs with an interim coach last year was the uh, Vegas Raiders. 
and they got bounced in the first round, and that guy got canned immediately right after because they brought in a whole new front office. So I think this is Andrew Barry's last call, too. A lot of people only want to talk about Stefanski being on the hot seat. I think Andrew Barry, is, his, his seat is just as hot, if not a little hotter, because the, the proof is in the pudding with Kevin Stefanski that he's made Baker Mayfield look great. He's made Jacoby Brissett look great. He's taken this team to the playoffs with guys that Andrew Barry didn't bring in. Andrew Barry did not draft Baker Mayfield. Kevin Stefanski came here, worked with him, turned him into a playoff caliber quarterback. Andrew Barry's draft picks, how many pro bowlers do we have from Andrew Barry's draft class? Zero. All pros, zero. How many guys do we even really have that he's drafted where you're like, this is a guy we got to lock up long-term. JOK's good. Greg Newsom's good. We don't have any great players. Donovan Peoples-Jones, good, not great. So there's a lot to be desired for Andrew Barry. I like to think this offseason he's going to really put an initiative on winning. And that kind of goes with what I said a couple weeks ago. We talked about it. I, I don't think we wanted to admit it, but I think Andrew Barry understood that acquiring Deshaun Watson, they knew a suspension was going to happen. So basically they were like, fuck it. We're not going all out with free agents this year because I, I'm not wasting the money and bringing these guys in. We're, I don't think we're going to be able to compete. I, I mean, I highly expect the Browns to spend a lot of money. Uh, this They're next year, right now with, if they rework the contracts the way everyone projects, like the cap people that I follow, uh, we're projected to have a little under 40 million, I think, in cap space total. And that will mm-hmm. be including with uh, a restructure for Watson's contract, restructure for Garrett's contract. Um, and then I believe releasing John Johnson by June 1st gives us like $10 million extra. And that right there covers your whole rookie draft class. So you're you're in good shape. I think we're going to be fine. I, I know a lot of people after the game on Sunday, they were pissed off. You know, we lost to the Steelers. It ruined their whole season. Uh, then they go, we have no cap space. We're going to continue to suck. Then they say we don't have any draft picks when we have like seven or eight. Uh, so it's just stupidity. Browns fans are dumb. You know how it goes. You see right. the new sign, right? Which one? The new the, the new, the new, text. Oh, now I see it. Browns fans are dumber during the offseason. They really are. Because this is when they go crazy. <laughs> this is when... Like, I already have people saying we need to go after DeAndre Hopkins and give him whatever he wants. Let me just warn everybody right now. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be 31 years old when the season starts, which doesn't sound old, but in NFL years, that's an old man. He is not a speed guy, and he is already under contract for two years for like 20-something million, and the rumor is that if he gets traded, his number one priority, contract extension right off the rip. I think it's safe to say the Browns are not going to be interested in getting uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He is not on our radar. Look for a Brandon Cooks. That's a guy we could be interested in. He's fast. He's he's a little older also, uh, but he's a little younger than DeAndre Hopkins, if I'm not mistaken. And he's going to be coming with his contract, not more. And then another name I said I've, I've seen people say to look out for is Tyler Lockett. He could be had for a reasonable price from Seattle. Uh, he's a great deep threat. He's really smart when it comes to scrambling and extending plays when the quarterback rolls out of the pocket, which uh, Russell Wilson did a lot in Seattle. So he's a guy that I think would be a really good fit here in Cleveland. Again, I'm just spitballing names that I've heard. So take it with a grain of salt. But I want none of those players signed until we go sign fucking defensive tackles. Let's start there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's another priority that, that needs to be addressed. Honestly, the, t- the top thing, defensive line, linebackers, and give me speed on offense. I need some fucking speed. And I, I would love Lockett over all those guys personally, Robert. It's just, is Seattle going to be willing to give him up? I don't know. Uh, anybody has a done. price. Exactly. And I, I, I know Andrew Barry's not going to overpay for anybody. And that's what I told other people. Uh, 
it's it's public now that DeAndre Hopkins is more than likely going to be on the outs. So now it's a bidding war. Andrew Barry's not going to give up like a third round pick for DeAndre Hopkins and a brand new contract when you already have Amari Cooper. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I personally don't. And listen, I mean, it's not, I mean, look at the year Cooper had too. I think this is his third best season he's had as, as a, a professional football player. Yeah, and first that was, that was quiet year, too. More than half the year with um, Jacoby Brissett. I don't know about Seattle though, Robert. They're they're a playoff team right now. I think they're they need a better quarterback. I think Geno Smith is limited. He's going to get you as far as he can get you. Um, but overall, I think they're a pretty good team. They do need just get they because the other thing too is they also don't forget they have the number five overall pick. They have Denver's first round pick, so they're going to probably be getting their quarterback, whether it's C.J. Stroud or Will Levis. Uh, there's a good chance they could be getting their franchise quarterback. At least they hope so. Man, that trade is around. looking beautiful with the Broncos right now, isn't it? <laughs> it it's wild. I mean, they it, they turned giving up a franchise quarterback, getting Geno Smith, making the playoffs with Geno Smith while acquiring the number five overall pick. That's that's insane. Uh, at least the Browns for getting Watson. We only lose like the, what, 15th pick? I think it was something like that. 15th overall, 13th, whatever. It's not that bad. Um, but yeah, uh, Browns fans... Again, they think that we only have one round, and if without a first round pick, we're screwed. Because we make all your, so all your all star players the first round, Justin. You should know this by now. Yeah, because we've had so many. <laughs> Browns fans really should be happy we don't have a first round pick because we don't really do that well with them anyway. Right. But what do we know? Uh, well, that brings us to season recap really quick. Oh, oh, for everybody also, I forgot to mention. We have postponed the tabbies to next week. Kyle couldn't be here today. We have a lot to get to today with, with the season winding up or winding down. So we're doing the tabbies next week. Tune in, 7 to 9. Uh, wear, wear tux. Wear your Sunday best. It is award season, ladies and gentlemen. I'm an anti-tux uh, person, but I'll, I'll wear something nicer, I guess. I'll, I'll have a tux. I won't. I don't have Both, I can't that. Oh, shit. You're going to have a tux. And you look nice enough. You're, you're fine. You got the sweater vest on. That's all you need. You look like you're ready to go to church. That's all I need. Give me your church clothes. There is zero chance your, your ass owns a tux. What are you talking Get about? Church. <laughs> yeah, we're playing that song instead of a normal intro. Uh, will they re-sign Taki Taki? Maybe. Uh, it, it really depends on how his healing goes because he just tore his ACL. So that's a guy who might not even be ready for the start of the season. So I don't know. I think they would be interested in bringing him back, but for the right price. Walker's that's gone too, team, right? He's the other injured one that's going to be gone. Maybe because he got injured on Halloween. I think, or no, I'm sorry, he got injured on the Thursday night game against Pittsburgh. So he's actually he sh- he could be okay for the season to start. He'll he'll already be almost a full year when training camp rolls around. Um, so he's another guy. There's, I mean, there's question marks at linebacker all over. Deion Jones is a free agent. He played really well in my opinion. I think he's I would absolutely, I would absolutely bring him back. Yes, he he busted yeah. his ass those last couple of games. He played really well. Reggie Raglan looked pretty decent for a guy we picked up off the street. So. All four linebackers that we we had to toy around with. Jordan Phillips, I believe, is a free agent also. Don't know if he's coming back. That guy's never stayed healthy, so he's a guy who I'm okay with them letting him walk. Personally, wish him all the best, but guy can't stay on the field. And for me, I don't want to spend money on guys that can't play. And that's another issue I have with DeAndre Hopkins. That's a guy who hasn't had a lot of – he's had a lot of issues staying on the field over the last few years. So a little iffy on him, but we'll see how it goes. I trust Andrew Barry. Uh, I think they all understand that this is their last year. This is their last chance. They're going for the fences. That's why they're they're swinging for the fences. They're going for Brian Flores, who is arguably the hottest defensive coordinator candidate available in the NFL, who I, I wanted last year. When he was available, I was on the show saying the Browns need to hire him right now. He goes to fucking Pittsburgh. I was pissed off because of that. 
And now we might have our second chance here. So I hope the Browns don't fuck it up. I would be happy with Jim Schwartz. A, it's kind of funny because you can kind of call him Jim Schwartz if you want. That's kind of ironic. Um, but he's also a very good defensive coach, so I'm happy with him. He is currently a defensive um, assistant, whatever, uh, for the Titans. He's not the defensive coordinator. And, yeah, Brian Flores is my my number one option. You guys all know that. I love that guy. So bring him in here. He's going to bring a little fire on the defense. He's going to come up with some creative plays, some creative schemes, and I would really, really, really be happy going into the 2023 season with Brian Flores at DC. So we'll see how that goes. But let's do some grades. The season's over. Let's do it. I've got a list of topics just off the top of your head. Um, I just want to do the main pieces, some of the main parts of the Browns, starting with Kevin Stefanski. Kyle, give me your Kevin Stefanski grade and why. Oof, man. If we pulled the Browns audience right now, what do you think they'd say? Probably like a D. Well, they're right? They would probably a be a C. mixture of C's and D's, um, um, which uh, ironically is probably most of their test scores back when they were in school, if I had to guess. Uh, this, that public school education, man. So I, uh, I'm going to give him a B minus um, just because I, I don't I, – I think he did an okay job this year. I think he did what he could with what he had, right? Um, I still think there's some questionable stuff he didn't do, some of the moments, the late games that it, this, this play calling was suspect at best, but I, I mean, I can see why he made those calls. Um, I just think he kind of got lost in a moment a couple of times. Maybe he wasn't focusing on the game at hand, which is going off of what he thought, you know, his, his play play calling was, you know, he's just going down the list of what he needed to do and wasn't making adjustments very well. Um, but yeah, so I give him a B minus. I'm with you. I, I was going to say B, B minus also. Uh, reason being he got the absolute best you're going to get out of Jacoby Brissett. He Jacoby Brissett had a career year, for 11 games. Uh, he had Baker Mayfield a career year in 2020. To me, that just shows you that Kevin Stefanski knows a thing about coaching, a thing or two about coaching. Um, and, and to Robert's point, most Browns fans, a lot of them, they complain about him being the play caller. Um, the issue with that, though, is Kevin Stefanski was brought in here specifically be, to be the offensive coordinator and the, the play caller and the head coach. If you take all those things, if you take any of those away from him, then there's really no reason for him to be here. You might as well get a different head coach. That's his main draw for the Cleveland Browns was for him to be the play caller, offensive coordinator, head coach. So kind of goes hand in hand. If you take away his play calling, then you're, you're basically, you're firing him anyway. So I don't think they're going to do that at all. I personally don't have an issue with his play calling. Again, Browns fans bitch and moan that we didn't use Nick Chubb enough. He had a career high in carries. They bitched and moaned that he didn't see the field and get enough touches because he averaged blank yards a carry a game. He ended the year with 1,500 yards, a career high. What more do you guys want out of the guy? You want Nick Chubb to just be running to the ground? He's a human. Browns fans bitch and moan when Nick Chubb gets pulled off the field and Kareem Hunt's in the game. Nick Chubb might be tired. He is a human being that could be like, hey, you know what? I just carried the ball four straight times. My fucking leg kind of hurts. I'm out of breath. I need a couple plays off. Browns fans don't understand that because they think real life is Madden and they bitch and moan on social media and go, why aren't we giving Nick Chubb the ball every time we have the ball in our hands? Because he's a fucking human, you dummies. I, I will say one thing, though, with the Stefanski play calling is I, I just hope in the offseason, now that they have the full offseason to work together, um, I hope Kevin um, not forces uh, Watson into his offense that Stefanski kind of works and maybe builds a new offense around Watson. 
Um, I mean, I know Stefanski has a very set kind of offense he likes to run, and he just plugs and plays the quarterback. But I'm hoping he kind of changes up a little bit because Watson's a different kind of animal, man. It just try to build around him like an offensive playbook that works for him. I think that'd be the best idea. I personally, I trust that Kevin Stefanski is going to do that. I think the current offense we see them running, <clears throat> excuse me, is because it was run by Baker Mayfield, a limited a limited quarterback. It was run by Jacoby Brissett, a limited quarterback. So you have to run those kinds of offenses. You want to add an extra tight end so they have more blocking because they're not mobile quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson's a mobile quarterback. You can stretch out the offense a little bit. You can do a four-wide receiver shotgun set, and you don't have to be worried about Deshaun Watson having an extra blocker because he can move around and you see how good he is at avoiding sacks. Um, the other thing, too, is the offense really couldn't adjust much at, in Week 12 because who, how are you going to adjust it? We don't have a speed guy. I would love to see the offense expand and to, and to be a deep threat kind of offense. We didn't have a player that's a deep threat wide receiver. So I, I'm hoping priority number one for Andrew Barry, get that deep threat wide receiver that's going to open everything up for this offense. And I think they'll do that in the offseason, truthfully. And that I want to see. Those... Go ahead. I was going to say, I want to see some of that, the, some of the pistol formation. I think Watson's done pretty well in the past, out of, especially in Houston on that. Uh, mm-hmm. And that leads into your RPO plays. You know, your, your pistol formation, you hold on to the ball, I suit the offense. The, Defense so many more from there. Plays next year. It's just this year they were kind of like, yeah. we're not going to do that. We're not going to risk him getting hurt for a meaningless season. You know, our season right. ended officially on Christmas Eve, but I think most of us at home kind of knew our season ended when you lost those gimme games to the Falcons, to the Jets, to the um, uh, the Chargers, things like that. When you lose those kinds of games, that's when you're like, okay, the season's, we're a long shot for the playoffs. Every week it's like, Ooh, we have a 3% chance this year. The Browns know that as an analytically driven team, they understood we weren't making the playoffs this year. So they weren't going to risk injury to their $230 million quarterback. It's just common sense. Um, And yeah, Anthony Schwartz, he was looking decent against the Texans before he got hurt. He had a couple big plays. One of them was a fumble, albeit, but still he broke for like 20 something yards. He looked like him and him and uh, Deshaun Watson were going to be a nice little match. And then he gets hurt. So that took away so much speed from our offense. We no longer had a guy to burn anybody. David Bell, not a speed threat. Uh, Amari Cooper, not a speed guy. Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's like a 50-50 speed guy. If you have him on the right corner, he can go deep. But if he's covered by a fast corner, he's he's an average wide receiver. So I think the offense that we saw this year is going to be way different than the offense we see next year. And the minute we sign or trade for or even draft a extreme an extremely speedy wide receiver that's going to tell everything we need to know about what the offense is going to look like next year you can't see opinion. this comment because it's on our page that you shared the the video to but phil is it bruno mm-hmm. um said uh chubb tired is one thing coming out every third down inside the 20 is completely stupid and predictable and lets the defense know things yeah no it doesn't it actually lets the defense know that we have kareem hunt who's a pass catcher and it makes them have to account for another running or another pass catcher uh, with Nick Chubb, doesn't get a lot of uh, catches, as we saw. The touchdown he caught, everybody and their brother was like, holy shit, Nick Chubb caught a touchdown because it's so rare. Kareem Hunt is a pass-catching back, so putting him in, in the red zone is because he can, A, run the ball, and B, he's a better pass-catcher. So it sets up screen plays. It sets up if there is a, you know, if somebody just can't get open, the wide receiver can cut out and, and find a spot in the open field. Nick Chubb doesn't really do that. Um I don't have a problem with that. I don't understand why Browns fans are so mad about him not being on the field for certain spots. He's not good at that. They need to kind of accept that. Nick Chubb's not a pass catcher. He drops a lot of balls. 
Uh, there was against Kansas City in the playoff game, or maybe it was the first game of the season the year after. I forgot which game. Nick Chubb had a huge drop in that game because he's not a very good pass-catching running back. Browns fans just don't want to accept that. They think Nick Chubb is some superhuman. So, again, it is what it is. Browns fans want to complain about everything. You're never going to make them happy. Whatever. Uh, what's up, Lex? Thank you for joining us. We're talking about balls all day, 24-7. Uh, uh, I don't agree, Robert. I think uh, Hunt's gone, Robert, obviously. Hunt is absolutely, he's He's out of here faster than your car when you bought it that one night. That's how fast oh, Kareem Hunt is out of here. <laughs> Wasn't that a source of <laughs> well, That's yeah, funny. No, Jerome, Jerome Ford was drafted to be Kareem Hunt's replacement. He's a pass-catching back, as you guys saw in the kick returns he did this year. He's elusive. He's fast. He is Kareem Hunt, a clone. He'll be the Kareem Hunt role next year. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see time. what 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 uh, Green what, what he ha- I mean, what Ford has for us. I'm curious to see him actually getting the ball in the backfield, what he does with it. And I honestly think he's not going to get as many carries as Hunt. I think he's going to be more of a, a backup role. So I think the fans at home that want to see an absurd amount of Nick Chubb may get that next year. Um, because Jerome Ford's good. I think he can be good, uh, but he's no Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt at one point was an MVP candidate. He was one of the best running backs in football. He's probably going to go get signed to be a number one back somewhere next year. Uh, Jerome Ford's not at that level yet. So we'll see what happens. Um, Jakeem Grant, he'll be our kick return guy. I don't think he's going to play a lot of wide receiver personally. Uh, you never know. Uh, Demetric Felton was just, he's a sixth round pick. Just never developed the way they wanted him to. He's too small to be a running back. They were really hoping to make him more of a wide receiver and it just never panned out. Unfortunately, you could tell that guy, that's why he was, he was inactive for most of the end of the season. I and wonder if uh, Johnson's going to be added into more of, he's going to get more opportunity next year now too, or because we have him for another uh, year, right? That I don't know. You have to look that up if you get a chance. I think we only signed him to a one-year deal, but I could be wrong. So I wouldn't doubt if he's gone too, uh, truthfully. Next up, Andrew Barry. Give him a grade for the 2022 season. <laughs> I'm going to give the man a C right now, C+. plus. I'll be nice. I just I, – I guess I think he's a smart guy. Um, I think that he came in and made some moves, some signings that we're all very excited about to be, at the beginning. We're thinking this guy's potential. But the man just, just hangs on. Like he, he wants his picks to do something, and, and I don't know – they're not. I mean, they're still on the team and they're taking up spots by other people who can possibly be more productive, but I'm not very happy with, uh, with him this year. I'm going to give him i I'll give him a C plus. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I got to be kind of, you know, neutral kind of Switzerland on it right there in the middle with a C because he had picks that have potential. Martin Emerson, I think is a very good, you know, third corner. He's going to take over for greedy Williams permanently uh, next year. You had Cade York who was hit or miss. Uh, won us the first game of the season. Without him, we start off 0-1, and God knows what really happens in the season. Um, and then you got guys like Perry and Winfrey who had flashes, but clearly needed some help mentally to figure out what he was doing. And then you also had guys like Isaiah Thomas, Alex Wright, who had flashes. They'd, they'd have a, a sack here or there, or a tackle for a loss here or there, but then they get called for a big, stupid penalty. Um, so until we get a great defensive coordinator in here, which hopefully is Brian Flores, um, it's hard to judge these draft picks. Um, yeah, I'd say Emerson, truthfully, he was, he was up there. I'd, I'd give it more to Denzel Ward because of the turnovers. Um, and also a lot of times it's, I don't blame Denzel Ward or even Greg Newsom for giving up big chunk plays because it's the defensive schemes we were running. I think if they let him play man, I don't think those plays would have happened the way that they did. Uh, so it's hard for me to blame anybody on the defense with Joe Woods being the coordinator, because every week I think I would text Kyle and say, what the fuck is Joe Woods doing? 
almost every week. I would there was something I would point out to him of like, look at the scheme. This guy was out of position. Like I would point all that shit out, and I'm happy to not hopefully not have to do that next year. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you. I give him a C. I think some of these guys do have potential to really uh, show up. I think more playing time for Isaiah Thomas, more playing time for Alex Wright, Perry and Winfrey, et cetera. If these guys were put into better situations with some blitzes to where they might be freed up to get to a quarterback would be huge. So time will tell. I think the real grade for these guys is, are will be next year. But as I said, I think Andrew Barry is just as much on the hot seat as Kevin Stefanski next year. This team do, needs to be a Do they fire the year. GM before firing a coach, you think? No. They'll, they'll, they'd fire uh, Kevin Stefanski midseason if things aren't going well and then let Andrew Barry go in the offseason. Or if we kind of teeter around the playoffs, we end the year like eight and nine and we miss the playoffs, I think that's when they just shit can everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we go, you know, if we're, if we, compete for the division and win a wild card spot next year pretty easily. If we're, you know, 10 and seven, 11 and six, something like that. I think everybody's going to be safe. I think that's exactly what we're looking for. If not even better, maybe 12 and five kind of team, but I'm not going to shoot too high. I really need to see what they do in the off season. Um, and Wills, I think Wills is fine. He's, he's a rookie with the limited cap space. We're going to have going forward. He's got two more years on his contract. He's not going anywhere. I know people aren't happy with him. Uh, with the re-signing of Conklin, that means we're not moving Wills over to right tackle, which means Wills is not going anywhere. So whether you like him or not, Adam, you got to get used to him. I don't think he's, you're not seeing a new left tackle here for a couple of years. So get used to it. Uh, Joe, Tom- guy, Joe Thomas is coming back. Don't worry about it. He'll be fine. I think he's all set to be in the Hall of Fame next year as a no-brainer. Um, yeah, he has one, technically, yeah, one winning season. Uh, that was our, our playoff year in his 10 years that he's been here. 2020 but again at least i'll give him credit on this one he's sticking with this regime no matter what the media says 10 years ago wouldn't you guys have all killed for seven or eight wins when we were going two and two wins three wins etc we were oh and 16 at one point one and 15 the next year or the year before i'm sorry um i think going seven wins eight wins in the situations we're in i can live with it all i have no issues with it uh i, know I thought Brown's the owen 16 parade was amazing though what are you talking about it was fun. I mean, it ended up getting us uh mile wait, no, we got we got Baker after the 0 and 16. We got Miles after one and fifteen. Um, but yeah, I mean, Browns fans really forget how bad it was here just, you know, five, six years ago. You go to one playoff trip and now everyone's like, Well, we didn't win the we didn't go to the playoffs this year, so everyone should be fired. It just shows you how quickly everyone forgets how, how bad things used to be. They want to start it all over because how often does how well does that work, guys? When we bring in a whole new regime who then want to bring in their own new players, it's another five-year process. You guys really want to go through with that? Because that's what it does. I just have a blur of everything being bad. So I'm not, it's just, I'm just used to it. So it's fine. And that's why, like, I think Browns fans think that if we got a new head coach, that it would just be all fucking rainbows and butterflies and sunshine immediately. They would just come in and make us a winner. They would more than likely come in and want to get rid of some guys that you love. They might come in and say, see you later, Nick Chubb. See you later, Bill Callahan. I want to get rid of these overpaid offensive linemen. Miles Garrett, you're good, but I can get two, I can get three first-round picks for you. I'm going to trade you now because I, I'm not going to need you in a couple of years. Teams do drastic shit like that. Look at what happened with uh, Khalil Mack and the Bears traded when he's in his prime. Uh, you've got quarterbacks that get traded all the time. Really good players get traded. Jalen Ramsey gets traded from the, the Jaguars, a great player. Just because new front offices come in, they kind of don't, they butt heads with players. They want to get rid of them. So Browns fans really don't understand the whole process. If we, if we got a whole new regime, it could mean a total overhaul in another five years in the toilet. So 
I'm glad they stood pat. Give it another year. Give it a full off season with Deshaun Watson. I think we're going to be okay. Uh, next up, I think this one will be pretty easy. Grade Miles Garrett season. <laughs> um, is driving or is playing on the field season? Because those are two different grades. Not a you driving have to give. test. This is not a driving test. <laughs> um, I, I give I give Miles an A plus, maybe just an A. Um, I, I think. The only reason why I take the A plus away might be just his uh, his attitude a little bit. I think towards the end of the year, which I maybe rightfully given, just a frustration value. But I, I think he made it in some questionable things, or maybe his his uh, communication might not have been the best. But I'll give I'll give him an A for for the season. Yeah, uh, he would get an A plus if he didn't get in that car accident personally. So yeah, I give him an A minus. I think he that really hurt the team, and I don't think he really understands that. I mean, maybe he does, but him him getting in that accident caused him to miss the game against the Falcons, which was a huge, huge blow. We could have used in that game. And then on top of it, he came back the next week and you could tell he was never fully healthy. So he cost himself a fully healthy season. And in the NFL, you, if you're in the middle of the season and you get hurt, you, you don't have time to recover. You either just play hurt or you're done. So kudos to him for going out there and playing hurt. But at the same time, if he never got in that car accident, God knows what could have happened. He probably would have broken his own record for sacks. Um, maybe we win a couple games, a couple more games, because he single-handedly won us the game against Tampa Bay. I think everybody at home can attest to that. He he dominated. He got to Tom Brady so much in the fourth quarter in overtime. He won us that game. Um, I think he had 17, actually, Robert. And that's what I'm saying. If he never got in that car accident, he probably has a 20-sack year, maybe sets the record if he didn't have that banged up shoulder, because you could tell he was hurting a lot. He'd come out of the game and he's, you know, you could see him rotating his shoulder. He's getting it worked on, um, missed a lot of practices, getting the shoulder checked on. So I think he, he really hurt himself with that car accident. That's why I give him an A minus. Other than that, he was great. He was clearly no questions about it. The best player on the field uh, at any given time. So great year. Just get your head out of your ass, dude. Be a little more mature. And it's A pluses for the year. I mean, he's another one. He was an all pro. He was voted an all pro for the first time ever. They did the NFL Players Association all pro ballot. And he was picked by all of the rest of the NFL uh, as an all pro. So kudos to him. But he was voted dead last in terms of who you'd want to drive with somewhere by everybody in the NFL. Amazing Uber driver. He'd get you there quickly. Might not be a lie to get there. All I recommend is buckle up. Um, next up, we have. Deshaun Watson, his six games, give him a grade. Uh, give him a, give him a B, B, I'll give him a B minus, uh, maybe just, yeah, B minus. Uh, I think he showed flashes of what I believe we're going to see more of next year. Um, he's got, he got better over every game. There was, but I mean, there are certain games, like I just didn't get it. Like there were some games where very slow starts, you know, offensively, mm-hmm. not moving the ball, making some, some not great passes, um, holding on the ball too long. And then he'd come out in the second half, like the commanders come out in the second half and lit it up uh, against Steelers had some rough go of it too. So I'll give him a B minus. I still think it's going to take a little bit longer than we thought initially, a lot more rust on there than we thought initially. So I'm not worried by any means. Um, but I think this off season is going to be very crucial for him getting with his receivers, practicing, throwing with them, getting into the playbook with Kevin Stefanski and just make it a really a productive off season. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I give it like a C, uh, maybe a B. It's it's hard to judge a guy in, that played six games. It kind of came off 700 days of not playing. Uh, it, it's one thing to practice because a lot of people say that. They're like, oh, he had the playbook. He, he was able to practice. Everything's fine. Practicing and playing in an NFL game against NFL talent, two different things. Um, 
so for what he did, he did he had flashes. He looked good. He looked like somebody that's gonna be okay. Uh, for sure, though, I'm with you. I think 2023, the start of the season, there's no excuses. We're we're over it. It is time to buckle down. No more bullshit. Take care of business. Let's get it done. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I give him like a B, C, something like that, right there in the middle, just because not a lot to go off of in six games coming in like that, coming in hot. For a million dollars, I think he got an A plus. Hell yeah, for that contract, I think he did just fine. And that's another one. I actually got into a huge argument with Steeler fans after the game on Sunday. Go figure, me and social media. Um, I actually got into it with a guy who's verified. I've never heard of him before, truthfully. A lot of people said I was talking shit to him to try to get attention, but I really don't know who he was. His name is Nick Meraldo from the Pat McAfee show. Is that, is that familiar to you? I don't watch the Pat McAfee show personally. Uh, I know who he is. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty big guy. So apparently he's a big Pittsburgh fan. So he tweeted out, Deshaun Watson fucking sucks after the game ended. And I realized he was a Steeler fan. So I tweeted back at him and I'm like, imagine saying that when you had to watch Kenny Pickett all year and all he, all he has come back was, was, Oh, well, Brown's finished last, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? I'm like, Kenny Pickett fucking blows. Like you're stuck with him and you're stuck with Jeff Fisher 2.0 in Mike Tomlin. Congrats on your useless season. Deshaun Watson's watching the, the playoffs from the couch, just like your fucking team too, you idiot. And then he's just like, Oh, well, your last, like the garbage Cleveland is. And he just went off. And then uh, we were going back and forth. And then a bunch of idiots from Pittsburgh started tweeting and they just weren't making any sense. So I ended up just ignoring it. Um, but he and I went back and forth for a good hour or two. It was pretty funny. We were going at it pretty hot and heavy. Um, it was funny to talk shit to Steeler fans, though. They were up on a real high horse for beating the Browns, who they've dominated for the last 20 years. And now all of a sudden winning that game to them was like the Super Bowl. And I kind of pointed that out to him. I'm like, you guys haven't really been like a legitimate threat in the in the NFL for like 10 years. So beating the Browns is your new bar. That's pretty pathetic, in my opinion. So I was like, enjoy it. And then I'm like, and you say Deshaun Watson sucks, but he actually put up more touchdowns and less interceptions in six games than Kenny Pickett did in 12. And they just went, oh, well, he's a rookie. I'm like, oh, okay, so he's allowed to suck because he's a rookie? I didn't know that because other rookies came in and set NFL records like Baker Mayfield did that. Justin Herbert did that. I thought you made a New Year's resolution to not argue. Like I didn't know when you're. I did, but they got the best of me. He said it was a New Year's resolution, not a New Year goal. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. I was hoping to. It wasn't a promise. So it's just idiots that are going to say that. Like you're you're really going to talk shit about the Sean Watson when you have Kenny Pickett. That was just to me. That was rich. Um. Anyway, I digress. Next up, Denzel Ward. Give me your grade. Oh, so man. First half of the year, pardon my dogs in the background. They're having a time. Barking. Yeah, they're they're excited for the Browns. So I say, I, I first half of the year, I give Denzel a C. Uh, okay. Second half of the year, I give Denzel a B, maybe B plus. I just, I don't know. It's like he, the first half of the year, he wasn't wrapping people up. He was out of position a lot, which could be a communication issue. Um, he just wasn't, in my opinion, wasn't trying. Second half of the year, I'd say the last six, seven games, it's like a different Denzel. He was all over the place. He's getting he's getting interceptions, making tackles, sure. um, really hustling out there. So I don't know. I, I two different halves, two different grades for him. I think. I'm with you. I mean, as I said earlier, it's hard for me to uh, to really grade anybody on the defense because I think they were out of position and playing the wrong scheme most of the season with Joe Woods. So. I'm with you. I don't really know what to say for Denzel Ward. He looked good. He led the team in interceptions. Can't take that away from him. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, 
But overall, there were a lot of plays that he gave up. Um, and that's the other thing, too. He can't. He always gets hurt. He he left the game on Sunday at halftime, uh, got hurt, missed most of it. He missed a couple games this season. He's never played a full, which I understand. Some guys can't play a full 17-game season. That's a lot of games. Um, but when it's your highest-paid corner, you expect Just wait to till those 18 line. games come. See how many injuries happen then. Right. I mean, I, it's safe to say Denzel Ward will never play 18 straight games. Um, but, yeah, I think he had a decent year. Could be better. So, again, it's hard to really put a, a real grade on him without uh, a defensive coordinator that I actually respect and trust. So, with Brian Flores, I think that could be better. Brian Flores, you know, helped turn Xavier Howard into a stud when he was in Miami. I think he's going to do great things with Denzel Ward, assuming we get him. Uh, next up, David Njoku signs a huge contract in the offseason and then comes out and had a pretty decent year. Had also a little bit of the injury bug, but overall, I'll start with him. Uh, I think he had a great year and a year where tight ends were really down. If you weren't named Travis Kelsey, you weren't really a factor. Tight ends weren't that great this year. So for me, I'm giving the chief, uh, I'll give him a solid B plus. I think he had a great year. I love when there's, there's not many tight ends out there. It's, I like loose ends myself. Loose bubbles um, everywhere. <laughs> uh, I agree with you. I, I'm going to give him a B, B plus maybe. I think this was a year that we, I think we all talked in the off season. What kind of Najoku are we going to get? Are we going to get the one that drops all these passes like he used to in the past? Not going to give much effort. But you know what? He went out there and busted his ass, made some good catches. He did have some drops, though, obviously. It's that crucial touchdown. Was it two weeks ago? Um, but I give him – I think he's with the right quarterback, and we said it. He was a good go-to for Brissett. He's going to be another go-to for Watson. Watson's already shown that. I think it's yeah, going to be good for him going into next year. Favorite targets. So uh, what was your grade? I'm sorry. Sorry, I give him a B, B plus. Perfect. Uh, on the same page. Uh, next up, I think this one's pretty easy. Nick Chubb. Can't hate on the Chubby, man. I, I give him an A. Right. I give him an A+. Plus. I do, too. I mean, uh, Nick Chubb's best player on offense by far. Uh, did everything he wanted to do. I mean, again, he had a career year. Uh, it was quiet. Browns fans still don't think he touched the ball enough, even though he set a career high in attempts. I'm not going to lie. I had to check that that stat you had out there, how many attempts he had and, and whatnot. No, he went that over is 300. Crazy. He was third in the NFL behind Josh Jacobs and Saquon that Barkley. That is crazy. You would, not, you would not think that, though. You would not no, think and that's that. The other thing. All, every week after the game, I even see it after the Steeler game, Browns fans go, oh, he only touched the ball 16 times, fire Stefanski, he's a fucking idiot. Then you look at it, he had 300 touches. He was third in the NFL. Like That's a shitload of touches. What more do you want from the guy? You're going to run him into the ground like teams do with like Derrick Henry. Greatest running back in the NFL, arguably. However, it's going to really take a toll on his body that he touches the ball on damn near 75% of their plays. I don't want that for Nick Chubb. I want Nick Chubb to be able to be explosive, to be fresh. I don't want him touching the ball every other play, personally. Um, you want an explosive Chubb. Noted. Got it, sir. Yeah, I want Chubbs exploding everywhere. Uh, and on finally, loose buttholes. <laughs> the offensive line as a whole. Give it a grade. Oh, see. This, this offensive line let me down this year. I'll be honest. I know injuries are a big part of it, but yeah. I, I just even when they were all together, they just weren't as productive um, as they were last year or the year prior. I, I think um, I, I think that has to do a lot of in and out, you know, swapping people in and out because they're injured, obviously not being a, a, a cohesive unit all the time kind of does play into that, I'm sure. Uh, but just the fact that I just it's a, it was a little down this year than it was in the past couple of years, and I think that's something that needs to be addressed a coaching moment going into the offseason, going into next year, just to get back to where they were before. You got the players, just just do better. Yeah, I think losing J.C. Treader was huge. 
and then losing Nick Harris on the very first snap of the preseason was also huge. So you were in there with your, you know, basically third and fourth string centers for most of the year. Uh, fun fact for you, though, the offensive line uh, in pass pass protection uh, win rate, they were actually higher this year than last year. So they actually had a better year protecting against the pass. Um, but I'm with you. I think that's something that Bill Callahan's going to work with, uh, especially with um, the offseason, is getting them all acclimated to blocking for Deshaun Watson because it's a lot different than blocking for Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was, he could run occasionally when he needed to, but for the most part, he was kind of a statue. Deshaun Watson, as you guys have seen in these last six games, he is all over the place. He's very elusive. Um, and the offensive line didn't know how to block for that. You, as you could tell how many holding calls we were, we had the most holding penalties in the NFL or something like that. Our offensive line was penalized like the most, uh, not good, not a good stat to have, but that's because they're adjusting to different quarterbacks who play the game a completely different way. Uh, the offensive line in Baltimore they know how to block for scrambling quarterbacks because they have Lamar Jackson. If you threw Jacoby Brissett in there, uh, they they would probably look a lot different. They'd give up a lot of sacks. Jacoby Brissett would get killed because you get used to blocking for a certain type of quarterback. So we'll see how they go moving forward. Uh, I have faith that Stefanski and Bill Callahan, assuming he's still here, uh, they all get on the same page and get this offensive line uh, un- to understand how to block for Deshaun Watson. Agree, agree. And then, as we mentioned... Joe Woods was shit-canned. He is gone. The man we all knew that would be fired from basically like week three, I think we all started talking about it, and it took him till after week 18 to finally get rid of him, but better late than never. Uh, It shows that they are serious about winning. They're serious about the defense going forward, and the future's bright. We talked about all the candidates. They are interviewing uh, Jim Schwartz tomorrow, uh, Brian Flores, or as Tony Garosi calls him, Brian Flores. I don't know why he can't say Flores. It really fucking irritates me. Because Tony um, Grossi's a fucking idiot. Right. Uh, they're interviewing Gerard Mayo, the New England Patriots linebackers coach, and the ex-New England Patriot <laughs> linebacker himself. You know how old? Uh, you know you're old is when these fucking players we used to watch a lot back in the day. I, mean, I remember Gerard Mayo. Like, I, I didn't realize he was even retired in coaching. I thought like, he was just a free agent. Like He could sign with yeah, somebody. Same. So Gerard Mayo was a really good linebacker, really smart. He led the Patriots defense once, you know, Teddy Bruschi, Willie McGinnis, once those guys retired, Gerard Mayo was the the face of that defense. Um, And then Sean Desai from Seattle. He is their secondaries coach, if I'm not mistaken, or a secondaries assistant coach, something like that. Uh, He's a guy who I really don't think is that high on their list of somebody to actually hire. I hope this is just kind of they're doing something nice. My top three choices for defensive coordinator goes in this order. Give me Brian Flores, give me Jim Schwartz, and then give me, forgot his name, it's really hard to fucking pronounce, the guy from Denver who technically is still employed by them as a defensive coordinator. It's like a, a Vero Elajo or something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it. If I he's going he's he's to be a head coach, I think, next year. There's a good chance, but those are my top three personal I don't think the guy from Denver is going to even get an interview with Cleveland, but if they have the opportunity, I would hope that they would try if they can't land Flores or Schwartz. So that's my top three, Adam. Uh, We'll see what they do. I think I'm happy with either one. Obviously, Brian Flores is my number one. No questions asked. Get me him. If he says no, there's really not much you can do as the team. I mean, give him your offer. Hope he accepts it. If he says no, you got to move on and, and hope for the best. I but wonder kind of what kind of uh, concessions they ask for when they come to Cleveland. Like, what are they going to want? I mean, what is, what's your vision? I would love to hear those kind of interview questions. Like, what's your vision for this defense? What do you want to do? 
Um, what do you want to see happen next year? You know, and, and, and just my top three quickly too, I agree is, is Flores number one, Schwartz is number two. And I don't give a shit past that point because I think you need to get one of those two in order to be productive yeah, going into next sure. year. And my understanding for most coordinators, when you come in and get interviewed by a team, uh, you sit down with the, the head coach, you sit down with coordinators, you sit down with uh, general manager, sometimes even the owner, and you explain what you have, like you said, your vision. What's your schemes? How are you going to get this guy to be his best? How are you going to get this guy to be his best? If anybody's going to come in and explain that better than anybody, that to me is going to be Schwartz and Flores. Uh, and even the guy from Denver, again, forgot his name, but he is um, a great coordinator. He had Denver, as shitty as Russell Wilson was, he had them in most games in the beginning of the season because their defense was so good. Um, so he'd be a great guy to have. For me, I just want a guy that's going to come in and make a dominant defense who's proven it elsewhere. Joe Woods was the secondary coach with the Niners when they had a a dominant defense and he left defense didn't skip a beat. I want a coach that you take away and their defense takes a step back because of how good of a coach he was. Hell, since we haven't interviewed the guy from Denver and he's still employed, I'll put my number three. I wouldn't hate Lovey Smith. Give me Lovey Smith as a defensive coordinator. He's a really good defensive mind. He's now available. Um, He's old. He's gritty. I think he will get the best out of everybody. He has respect I would, in the NFL. I, I wouldn't know who to who. They both look the same. The running backs coach and Lovey Smith. I get them confused yeah, all the time. Stump Mitchell and Lovey Smith both have those big ass white beards. Um, uh, Adam, unfortunately, this is what sucks though for Steelers fans. Is Flores has no loyalty to the Steelers. Yeah, he no, doesn't. His, his his goal is to get back to being a head coach. And what's the quickest way to get there? Go be a great great defensive coordinator for two years, and then maybe move on to a head coach afterwards. So I think he wants this opportunity. He's not going to get it in, in Pittsburgh because that de- that defensive coordinator is not going anywhere. No, and, and nor is Mike Tomlin. As long as he keeps going eight and nine, nine and eight, uh, you, you teeter around five hundred. You're you're good as gold in, in Pittsburgh, apparently. Um, but that's one of those situations where it's shit or get off the pot. If Pittsburgh's not willing to promote Flores they're not willing to do anything else with him, then he is completely fair to leave. And that's on them. They have every opportunity to keep him. They have every opportunity to promote and they're allowing him to do the interview with the Browns. So that's on them. They can only blame themselves when hopefully we go two and zero against them next year and shut Kenny Pickett the fuck down because that dude sucks. That dude is not good. And I am baffled that Steeler fans really think that there's hope next year. Um, cause that guy sucks. Like look at his rookie numbers. That's embarrassing. Well, now he's one and oh against the Browns. So we really can't talk that much shit yet. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett's one and oh against the Steelers and I'm not putting him on a pedestal. I'm okay with him not being on the Browns next year. So that's why Pittsburgh fans just have a totally different sense of reality to them. Beating the Browns and missing the playoffs is just as good as a Super Bowl. I, I just don't get it again, how the mighty have fallen for a team that hasn't really been relevant in like 10 years. So it's funny to see them at the bottom like this and not really accepting reality. So that's, to me, that's the funniest part. Um, Next up, week 18 recap. A lot of really bad football over the weekend with a lot of uh, backups. And just not great. Not great football to be played in most places. Uh, You started off on Saturday with the Kansas City Chiefs against the Vegas Raiders. Chiefs win. Chiefs get the number one. uh, Number one seed by default, even though they're still going to end up getting the fucking... The, the bullshit uh, random neutral site for the AFC championship game, which I don't agree are, with you guys. Are they still, are they still that. doing that? I believe so. Right. I thought because of Kansas city getting what they got, I didn't think they were going to do the random. I think that if, if either Buffalo or whatever, since he loses weekend, then it, they, it won't matter. I think. Right. 
Uh, actually, maybe you're right. Yeah, I don't remember. If, yeah, if, maybe if Buffalo or Cincy aren't in the championship game, it'll be played at Kansas City. Right, right, right. Okay. So uh, if both way, of them, yeah. Either right, way, to me, either. shouldn't even be an option. I, I personally, I don't think so. I think it's it's really lame to do to the Chiefs. They didn't. They had nothing to do with it. A freak thing happened. You just got to move on and 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 continue with life. Um, it's not fair to them. Like I said, that's like you're almost punishing them for getting the one seed when they did everything in their power. Sure, they get the bye week, but Arrowhead is no joke. Those fans are fucking crazy. Uh, the home field advantage, I think, is huge, and they're taking it away from them. Between uh, them they and Seattle, easily. they have two of the loudest stadiums, I think, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, luckily, Seattle's a wild card, though, so they're they're not hosting a playoff game. Um, but the Arrowhead fan, they're loud as fuck, except for the guy that got arrested in that uh, fucking wolf mask like a dummy a couple weeks ago. He won't be there. I'll tell you that much. He's up in, uh, up in Oz, probably. I actually started watching that show. That's what got me thinking about that. Never seen it before. Have you ever seen it? No, I've never seen Oz. No, have you? Oh yeah, great fucking show. It's it's funny watching it now because how old it is, but it's a great fucking show. The the cast is really cool to see for me because it's got like J.K. Simmons, it's got the dude that does the mayhem commercials. Uh I had no idea. Like I knew about the show because I heard jokes about it because it's like prison, like there's just a bunch of like dudes getting raped and shit. And I was like, eh, maybe one day I'll watch it. I started it. I actually finished season one. Uh I started it over the weekend. I just finished season one today. What'd you what do you what'd you um, think? Oh, I'm liking it a lot. I'm gonna keep going. It's fun. It, it, like you said, it's really weird to watch now because it's so. It would. It could never be made today. The racial no. slurs, oh, no. the things they no. do in that show, it could never be made today. Um, but it is crazy to like hear J.K. Simmons dropping n bombs and calling guys, you know, the f word and shit. And I'm like, whoa, this is this is a little that, spicy. This show. That and show was- and and the Wire are yeah. two shows that are crazy to watch right now. I've seen, that. I've seen yeah. all those all those yeah. uh, seasons. Um, and then it's cool to see also in, in Oz, which I didn't know, it's got Carmella. She plays one of the guards in season one. So it's cool to see her before she went on to the Sopranos. It's got a shitload of people that were in Dexter, which I didn't know, which is really cool to see. And then, yeah, J.K. Simmons being the leader of the Aryan Nation in prison. Did not expect that. I had no idea he was in the show. I did no research on it. So that was fucking wild. You um, mean the state, the state farm dad not being the uh, Nazi leader was, was, was confusing to you? The, the the great actor from Whiplash, uh, <laughs> Jonah Jameson, dropping wearing swastikas and 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 dropping n bombs all over town. No, I did not see that coming. Um, yeah, so that was the one game, uh, the first game on Saturday, and then you had Jacksonville barely getting by Tennessee to win the uh, AFC South. That was a that was a close one, <laughs> a little too close for comfort, if I'm being honest. I'm paying attention to all these games now because I do. I bet the parlays on them. That that fucking game had me nervous. I'm like, what is going on here? I find myself gambling on games. Which, for the record, I want everyone to know, I am done gambling on uh, college basketball. I am not betting on college basketball anymore. Uh, I took yesterday because they were like a 14 point favorite. I took Kentucky at home against South Carolina, and I'm like, cool. I'll just throw this in my parlay. That's a lock. They fucking lost at home. They were 14-point favorites. That's the one That's game that fucked me yesterday, too. I, I cannot believe that it. It's completely crazy. fucked me. So uh, I'm done with college basketball because that's the other thing. I don't really follow it. So I'm going strictly off the spread when I see they're like, oh, 10-point favorite. They must be good. Click. And then they fucking lose the game. I'm over it. I can't do it anymore. It's a wa- I'm wasting my money. I'm I done. went a little crazy tonight. I, I, I got into – uh, football. I got into college basketball. I got not tonight for football. I'm sorry. I got an NBA. I got into college basketball, hockey, and I even got into tennis. 
I mean, stop me, I guess. I should stop right now, but tennis. Jesus yeah, Christ. Uh, if you have a problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or whatever the fuck the number is. I, I don't, I'm not fucking with anything I don't know. So I, I threw in yesterday. I did bet on a hockey game only because I know the Blue Jackets suck and I know the Tampa Bay Lightning are good. So I took them. That was a lock. They won. Other than that, I don't know shit about hockey. I don't know shit about college basketball. I'm done betting on them. I will stick with the sports that I know. Give me baseball, football, and or uh, NBA. That's it. I can't do anything else. It's a waste. I'm I'm pissing money away doing this stupid shit. Um. All right. Next up, Atlanta beats Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay doesn't really play many other starters like they told everybody they would. Uh, the Denver or not Denver. I'm sorry. The Buffalo Bills return the opening kickoff in the DeMar Hamlin bowl and they beat the Patriots 20, 35 to 23. They actually returned the, 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 Ham, the Hamlin bowl. Really? <laughs> I mean, there's a bowl game for everything. You might as well just have the DeMar Hamlin bowl at this point. He raised so much money for charity. He deserves at least one bowl game. Like $8 million, right? 8.2, something like that. When he initially only asked for like 6,000 or something like that. That's crazy. But yeah, two kickoff returns. That's amazing. Kudos to the people out there in the world that were nice enough to donate and to help that go up there. I mean, that's a, a great thing to do. Uh, speaking of DeMar Hamlin, actually, I mean, crazy shit. I did not, and this is just me being honest. I'm not trying to be morbid. I didn't think that guy was ever going to wake up, let alone get out of the hospital. And like, he's home. He's he's tweeting. I think he still can't talk. He still communicates via, like, text because they had to put a tube down his throat, which I heard that, like, fucks up your esophagus and everything. Um, but literally a miracle. That is truly a miracle that he is alive and alert and coherent and has his motor skills and shit like that. So kudos to him. Will he ever play NFL football again? Time time will tell. I don't know. That was going to be my question. Do you think he plays again? Really hard to say. I have no idea because I haven't actually seen him do anything. So all these great stories could kind of just be like, we want the public to be happy. And the NFL is like, we don't want people being afraid to watch the NFL so we got to keep giving updates on this guy and let everybody know that he's okay, but don't show him because maybe he can't walk. You know, maybe there is some fucked up shit. That they're not telling us, uh, doubt he plays. I don't think he plays again. I don't think so they got either. Too many concussion rules now. And that's the other thing is like teams, teams are gonna be too afraid to let him play. Yeah. They're gonna be like, dude, we can't have that happen to you again. There's just no way. Yeah. I think, I think, I think because of the safety, the level of safety they are at nowadays, they couldn't let him play. Had it been like maybe 15 years ago. Oh, shit. He'd be sure. starting he'd be, this weekend. Yeah, he'd be <laughs> back 15 playing. years ago. He'd <laughs> but, be like uh, Ronnie Lott. He'd cut off a finger to get on the field. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> right. But uh, to, in today's game with all the safety rules, I don't think he I don't think he get cleared. I'm with you. I, uh, I, I, I don't see it. Um, So, yeah, big win for Buffalo. That ends up getting them uh, locked them up for the two seed, I believe. And then... Speaking of the, well, no, that's a different game. Sorry. Minnesota dominates the Justin Fieldsless Bears 29 to 13. I think they're the two seed in the, no, they're the three seed in the NFC. San Francisco yeah. is two. Yeah, yeah they're uh, the three seed. Baltimore loses again without Lamar Jackson 27 to 16 against the Bengals. Those te- two teams square off again this Sunday. Hopefully, Baltimore didn't go very far because they're playing. Is, is this a personal thing for this man now? Like, I feel like he could go if he wanted to go. Like, I really do. I, I think it's just now personal. A lot of people are like, when he initially got hurt uh, like a month and a half ago, they said, this is like a two-week injury. It's now going on over a month, and the guy hasn't even practiced. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, is he, at this point, is he's like, you know, fuck it. I don't – you didn't care to invest in me in the beginning of the season. I, I have an opportunity. I'm not going to risk myself now. I want to be able to potentially go to another team, or you have to pay me next year, one of the two. 
And what a slap in the face. They won't pay Lamar Jackson and they pay Broquan Smith. Oh yeah, my God. Right. I was gonna, I forgot to text you about that. Yeah. They gave him a nice the extension linebacker in football now. Uh, thanks to the, the Baltimore Ravens. And, and he represents, and he represented himself. Yep. And they will not pay the guy that won an MVP who changed the game. Honestly, the way quarter, you know, scrambling quarterbacks play and they refuse to pay him. So I think it is kind of a, a slight by Lamar Jackson. He's kind of sticking it to the Ravens and doesn't want to play. Um, Lovey Smith with a huge fuck you to the Texans on his way out. I think he knew he was getting fired and he purposely went for two to win the game over the Colts. And that cost them the number one overall pick. He stuck it to yeah, that franchise. In that was hilarious. <laughs> I, I jokingly texted everybody and I said, they should fire Lovey Smith for winning that game. And then like an hour later, my phone goes off. Lovey Smith fired from Houston. And I think it was because he won that game. They were like, you motherfucker. We, we had Bryce Young in our hands. And now their search for quarterback might have to continue because I think the Bears are going to trade out. Yeah, that's what we're going to say. So, you know, the Bears aren't taking a quarterback, but they're definitely going to trade out of it. Yeah. Either way, the Bears are coming out great because they can either let a team give them a bunch of picks for Justin Fields or they can sit right there and take another team's offer to have the number one overall pick. So they've got a kind of a double-edged sword. They can do whatever they want. And they get a lot of cap space too next year. So they could yeah, be very interesting hot. in the offseason. Yeah, they they need the talent because they kind of suck. Any other pick that would be worth it that would, you know, allow them to keep keep the first pick, they get exactly what they want, and then, you know, he, he still drops the two? No, I don't think anybody's dropping. I mean, there are some guys that I think should go over Bryce Young. I'm not fully sold on him being the best player in the draft, but I think just if a team is that desperate for a quarterback, someone's going to jump up and take that number one pick and take a quarterback because in the top five, you've got the Colts, the Seahawks, and the um, Texans who all really need quarterbacks. So I think teams are going to be afraid of those guys taking one, so they don't want to risk it. So they'll want to jump ahead. So I think a quarterback's going number one regardless. Adam, um, I think uh, I think the Colts are going after a free agent quarterback. Yeah, that's kind of the Colts' way. They go after a veteran, and there's going to be plenty of veterans available this year. Uh, you're going to have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo probably available. You're going to have Derek Carr available. Um, not that they would really want him, I don't think, but Baker Mayfield would be available for them. <laughs> Uh, Matt Stafford could potentially become available because it sounds like uh, Sean McVay might be leaving, taking a step out of football. So if he leaves, um, Matt Stafford then could potentially be like, all right, well, I want out of uh, Los Angeles now. We got rid of our head coach. They have no cap space. They have no draft picks. You never know. Crazy shit happens in the NFL. Yeah, he basically gave permission for his coaches just to go seek uh, asylum yeah, somewhere like, else. Go do whatever you want. I'm letting all these guys go uh, interview wherever they want to expand their career. Totally fine by me. Uh, then we have the Dolphins beating the Jets to keep the Steelers out of the playoffs. That was really cool for me. Uh, ugly fucking game, six to six for most of the game. Just horrible football. Skylar Thompson sucks. Joe Flacco and the Jets suck. Nobody wanted to win that game. Uh, the Dolphins, by default, win. Gets them a playoff spot, which they're going to be, spoiler alert, I'm not picking them when we get to the playoff picks. Um, uh, do you see the best yeah, part about that game? How they, uh, how the um, yeah. media person in Pittsburgh put the uh, put the game up on the big screen in Pittsburgh to show no, everyone that, that that. So I guess it was, they were talking about today in the radio. I guess during the end of that game when they went up six to nine or nine to six, uh, oh. somebody put like this the game up in a big screen in Pittsburgh Stadium, 
And and like the entire sideline of the Steelers, just like the demeanor just dropped. And you hear, I think there's like a video of um, whatchamacallit, a Tomlin mouthing like what the fuck on the sideline because that's the kind of stuff you don't do during the game. You don't want distractions. Um, but I thought that was fucking hilarious. Brian Gumble were fucking terrible. And at one point, uh, Gumble is like, you know, are any of the guys on the Steelers, you know, scoreboard watching? And our Adam Marshall is like, no. Did I no cut out? Am I back? I'm back now. Okay. Uh, we we all cut out. I think you're good. You're on now though. Um, but Adam Archuleta was like getting kind of aggressive towards Gumble, and he's like. No, no, no. These guys are focused. They're laser focused. And then as soon as they put the score up on the on the screen, they all look up and look at it and see it. And like you said, the whole stadium goes silent. The demeanor on the team went down. Tomlin saying, what the fuck? I loved it, uh, especially for how much shit they were all posting. Like, oh, Deshaun sucks. Steelers are so good, blah, blah, blah. And then to see them all just go fucking quiet at the same time, loved it. Loved seeing it. Uh, Dolphins sneak in the playoffs. They're going to be a quick exit. Uh, yeah, no, two. Yeah. yeah, two has already been ruled out. Could be Teddy Bridgewater. Could be Skylar Thompson. Either way, they're not winning the game. Um, yeah, fans started leaving. They were like, "Fuck it, what's the point? Who cares?" Um, Panthers win ten to seven. Eagles hold on to beat the backups on the Giants twenty-two to sixteen. Kind of scary for the Eagles to show that they can barely beat backups. Um, which you know, fuck them. I don't want the Eagles to win anyway. I hate them. So. I don't know why. Coach, I just don't like the coach of the year. Dave all over there doing his Dave all things. Nice. Doing his thing. Yeah. In Buffalo and New York, he, <laughs> they're close. Luckily, uh, Dallas looks like complete shit. They lose to Sam Howell in his first career start. No idea what happened to the Cowboys, but they looked like ass. They cost me my parlay on Sunday, multiple parlays. I should say, um, Dak looks like shit. The Cowboys are playing terribly at the worst possible time. They're going up against Tampa uh, Tampa Bay on, on Monday night for the playoffs. And fun fact, Tom Brady never lost to the Cowboys in his career. 6-0. Yep, 6-0 against the Cowboys, facing them Monday night against the playoffs. Cowboys have – they choked away the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars three weeks ago. They barely beat Gardner Minshew two weeks ago, and then they just lost to Sam Howell last er, on Sunday. And Dak Prescott, I think, leads the league in turnovers. Like, it is ugly for the Cowboys. And not this a is a typical that. cowboy thing, though. They're 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 practicing I, I for that. I think they fire McCarthy and they promote Kellen Moore to head coach. Or I think this is setting up to be their first round exit, like they always do every year. Sean Payton to Dallas really intrigues me. There were rumors for years that Sean Payton could be looking at Dallas, um, but I think McCarthy does get canned if they go one and done again, especially with the collapse at the end of the year. They had a chance to compete for, albeit. Uh, Philly needed to lose to the Giants on Sunday, which they did not do. But if the Cowboys won, they could have had a chance at the one seed. Instead, they go out and get fucking embarrassed by a rookie quarterback making his first NFL start. Not good. Chargers lose to the Broncos. Broncos actually looked decent once they fired Nathaniel Hackett a couple of weeks ago. And they win. The Chargers, kind of stupid. They already locked up their playoff spot. And Joe Staley decided to play everybody. And Mike Williams hurt his back and he's now missing practice and might not play on Saturday. Questionable mm. decision by Joe Staley to play all the starters in a meaningless game. Yeah, I didn't it didn't make sense to me either and I honestly had high hopes for them going into this this playoffs thought maybe they'd do pretty well with that team they have, but yeah, that's that I can't believe he did that. Yeah. 
weird situation there. So curious to see what happens. Fun fact also, um, Trevor Lawrence dating back to high school has never lost a game on a Saturday in his career. What, did we uh, transform bodies with Greg today with these fun facts you're I'm, dropping I'm, tonight? I love the wisdom. Fact. I do a lot of research. Now that I'm a gambling man, I got to do a little more research. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's Justin Herbert's first career playoff game, and obviously it's Trevor Lawrence's first career playoff game. Uh, both happening on Saturday. We'll get to those picks in a little bit. Um, Baker Mayfield takes the Seattle Seahawks to overtime. Seattle needed this win to lock up a playoff spot. How fitting. Baker Mayfield's last pass of 2022-2023 season interception no you love to see it oh yeah he threw an interception in uh overtime the seahawks went down kicked the field goal won the game did, did you see that meme about how he's helped the uh whatever three teams missed the playoffs in one year which is a high success or whatever <laughs> yeah he got what two coaches fired <laughs> he's done so much for the nfl this year uh kudos to baker uh the cardinals get their asses kicked by the 49ers who look like the best team in football 38 to 13 and the surprising game of the week, the Detroit Lions with nothing to play for beat the Packers. And Dan uh, Dan Campbell said it. He goes, they're like, how, how do you motivate your team when you have nothing to play for? And he goes, we have motivation. We want to keep the Packers out of the playoffs. That's what we're playing for tonight. And they did. 20-16, to 16, Dan Campbell wins. I tell you uh, what, man, that team was going to run through walls for that guy. If they get a little more talent next year, they could be dangerous next year. Yeah, they also strike me as one of those teams, though, that kind of blew their load. And next year they're going to suck again because, like, they put it all into this season. You never know, though. Things crazier things have happened, but they do strike me as that kind of team. Um, but yeah, kudos to them. The Aaron Rodgers walking off the field kind of made it seem like it's going to be his last time either at Lambeau or last time forever. Uh, only time will tell. He's meeting with the the owners and the GM and everything this week. I don't know what came of it. I, I, th- I think he's. I think he's done. I think he uh, they might not be and all that. But yeah, we'll see what happens with him. I don't know. You think he's, he's going to be a permanent? He's going to be a permanent person on the uh, McAfee show now going forward. I don't know. He looks. He looked. He picked it. Picked it up in the rest of the season. Once they they got off to a slow start, then he started looking better. Uh, I'd like to see him back. I love Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to see him go out like that. Um, he's going to it, the it Vikings really next year, and then Jets, and then he'll retire. He's pulling a full Brett Favre. If he if they made the playoffs. They were getting their asses kicked by the uh, Niners anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, that would have been a pretty game. It would have been pretty ugly for the Packers, I'll tell you that much. Uh, so I'm I'm, I'm kind of glad he didn't go to the playoffs just to get it steamrolled, but it, it does suck to watch him. I guess it is cool that he got to leave Lambeau. Um, his, if, if he does retire, his final game was at Lambeau, albeit a loss. Still kind of cool. Um, who who has more true. wins at Lambeau? Is it Favre or is it him? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I truly don't know. I'd have to, you'd have to look that up. Who has the most uh, ripped off charities, though, out of those two? That's definitely Brett Favre. <laughs> that scumbag. Stealing from those poor kids. I, lo- I love how you got these these jokes set up because, uh, you know, you owe me a set. Oh, that's right. I got to work on that. I, I lost the picks. Uh, I, I got to get tattooed. I got to do a comedy set. I did not have a good year with these picks. Every bet I made backfired. Did Kyle freeze or is he just really intently looking at something? Oh, he, he okay. He's not frozen. I, I thought he was frozen. Honestly. I was, I was, I was reading a stat line. Sorry. I apologize. You're like Your uh, eyes didn't move or anything. So I'm like, I, think he's frozen. <laughs> I was playing walking dead over here. So I apologize. I, there was like no movement, no smiles, nothing. I'm like, all right, I think we lost him. Um, yeah, I got to do a set with Tim possibly you never know when i'm gonna do it i might do it at lucy's 
Lucy's shenanigans. They're no longer uh, Lucy's shenanigans, seafood, and all that other stuff. They have changed their name. They are just Lucy's shenanigans. They're located at 2218 Broadview Road, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Michelle and the staff at Lucy's are always committed to giving their guests the best experiences. Join them every Friday night for karaoke and, of course, all your hometown sports games. Contact them today, 216-675-0013. As you see going across the bottom there, you see who won the picks this uh, this year. So it's me, So which means uh, somebody's due for a tattoo. Uh, and I cannot wait to show Justin the tattoo that's, that's been picked out for him. Um, but we're going to hopefully, I'm not sure if this has been planned yet, but we're talking about it right now. The official tattoo parlor, Redline Radio, Tattoo Therapy, Inc. We're going to try to make an appointment to go out there to see Riley. Uh, Riley chasing a team are considered some of the most elite tattoo artists in Northwest or Northeast Ohio. Um, if you want to go visit them, they're over on Pearl Road in Parma Heights. Uh, give them a call today at 440-747-7130. They're over in the Greenbrier Shopping Center next to Penn Station. Hopefully we can get it alive or like go go live while we're there while you're while you're getting the tattoo, but we'll we'll still see. Yeah, but. we uh we brought it up. We're hoping that, that can happen. Uh haven't heard anything yet, but I mean no. Hmm. When we get a chance, but uh definitely so what you're gonna want to do is you're gonna want to call Fitz's Trash Bin Cleaning LLC the official hotline sponsor of Redline Radio and Studio 2. Uh, they pressure wash, they clean, they do it all. They're going to make your funky trash can nice and clean and spunky again. Uh, Fitz's Trash Bin has been cleaning uh, around North Ridgeville and surrounding areas for years. They're locally owned, eco-friendly, and they're located right here in Northwest Ohio, North Ridgeville. Uh, check them out. Fitz Trash Bin Cleaning LLC, 440-752-1533 or ftbcusa.com. Tell them Redline Radio sent you and get 10% off your first order or use, whatever what do you call it, service, service. First clean service. I love Fitz Trashman. Um, but another, co- another company that's worth checking out that does really good work is Smith Drain Service LLC. Uh, Smith Drain Service LLC is one of your locally dr- local drain cleaning experts. Uh, they specialize in main sewer lines, bathtubs, laundry lines, septic lines, kitchen sink lines, Floor drains, downspouts, and so much more. They're family-owned and operated. Give them a call today at 440-242-8704. Now that there's a new show starting here at Studio 2 on February 1st, I think it's only fair that Wiggins Construction comes in and puts up the official Talking About Balls wall of awards just so everybody that steps into this wonderful studio knows we're the face that made this place. Um, Drop the banner. Wiggins can be called or found at 440-731-7654. Give them a call. Tell them Redline Radio sent you. They do bathrooms, kitchen, windows, door sidings, much, much more residential or commercial. Give them a call. Tell them talking about balls and Redline Radio sent you. I talked to, I just, I just said, mentioned drop the banner. Like we won a championship for NBA, but you know, if we did get a banner made, the the company you could probably make it is incredible keepsakes. Uh, They do t-shirts, cups, Binders, keychains, probably do banners. Yeah. Probably make T-shirts for us. It's a champions. Um, you're, well, you're not you're, give up any banner uh, money. I think Dave would get mad because he's got a banner service in here. <laughs> We're telling. I meant like, I mean like a cloth, like a cloth banner, one that you can you drop from the ceiling, like they have. But uh, um, if you want anything done, whether it's a uh, coffee mug, a keychain, anything, give her, give Diane a call today. Uh, like Diane used to say, uh, Diane likes to say, cherished moments are, are made to last forever. Give her a call today at 242-442-9648 or go to their website at www.incrediblekeepsakes.com. Now I am wearing my official swag from the Dynatech remote. I got my Dynatech hoodie on. I love this thing. It's warm. It's comfortable. Great guys. Loved being there. Can't wait to go back. When I go back, 
I'm going to learn a little bit more about what they do because I'm not going to lie. When they told me about it, I didn't really understand it. I got there a little too late. I didn't have time to really sit down and dive into it. But I do under, I do know that the little reflective things you see on the highway in between the lanes, that's they're a huge contributor to that. That's an awesome thing that happens. Um, you also get saw blades, diamond saw blades. They're the number one saw blade company in the world or in the country. As testified by many customers, their diamond saw blades are the fastest cutting, longest lasting. Uh, satisfaction is how they measure success at Dynatech. Uh, they're the only saw blade company recommended by the pavement marking manufacturing industry located in Elyria, Ohio. Mm. Dynatech is committed to being top diamond saw blade company around the world. So I was right. It was the world, not just the country. My bad. Uh, they have saw blades, abrasive blades, pavement marking blades, core drill rigs, core drill bits, high-speed gas saws, masonry saws, walk-behind saws, tile saws, and other construction equipment. Uh, they stand behind their products with a warranty and customer service that keeps their customers satisfied. Call Dynatech today, 161 Reaser Court in Elyria, Ohio, or 1-800-446-9001. That's 1-800-446-9001. Or give them an email, sales at Dynatech.com, D-Y-N-A-T-E-C-H.com. And and I'll just end, oh, good. I was just, I was just going to end with one thing. You know, I mean, Dave, Dave's been going and watching these guys a lot. So um, I think we're doing a yeah. lot more shows recently. But Bad Juju um, puts on a hell of a concert from, from from what I hear. I can't wait to go see them. They're the official band of Redline Radio. They do a lot in the 90s alternative rock. Um, that's kind of right up my alley for music I like to go. So I want to get out there and watch them someday. Uh, but if you have a, a, a an event, you have a, a bar, anything you want to book these guys, give them a call today. His name's Dan. Four four zero two two five zero five one one. Definitely worth watching. You know, if you see them around, they've spent a time more for the last two weeks, I believe. So speaking of bad juju, uh, we were actually here. Kyle and I were live in studio, studio number two. Lovely, Growing Wings Adult Services, state of the art studio two. Uh, Growing Wings Adult Services has seven years, over seven years experience taking care of adults with disabilities. For more information, call Lisa at two three four three three four seven five four seven. We were here on Saturday with Steel City Running Lates, and that was my favorite ad read that, that Chipper did. Chipper completely forgot the name of the band he was promoting, but he did remember the name of the bar that they saw them at, which was not an official Redline sponsor. So he throws out the name of a bar for free and then goes, and yeah, we saw, uh, what are they called? He, he kept stuttering over it. I loved that. That made me really happy. Um, well, he remembers what the priority is. The place that serves you alcohol takes priority. All he remembers. Chipper is good at that. I'll give him that. Um, as I mentioned, though, this week, check out Steel City Running Lights. They will be starting at 10 a.m., some of you will just be rolling out of bed, probably chipper, even a little hungover. Uh, they're going to do an hour long special just for the end of the season for the Steelers, because they too did not make the playoffs. So any of you guys at home, if you're going to watch that show, make sure you let them know in the comments that they're watching the game from the same place. The Browns are So talk their shit as much as they want, but, and, and then they go on a retirement seminar for three months, right? Four months. Yeah, then they go on their hiatus because they can't be bothered to do a show in the off season. Cause you know, they don't, I guess, care about the offseason. They just come in and talk about Tiny Hands Picket. That's all they care about. <laughs> Kudos to them. Um, all right, we got uh, Joe Woods wasn't the only coach that got fired. I mentioned before, Lovey Smith, an official today. Cliff Kingsbury let go by the Arizona Cardinals after just signing a huge contract. They are fucked. They lost their GM, their head coach. Um, Kyler Murray just got that huge contract. DeAndre Hopkins wants out. It's a mess in Arizona. J.J. Watt retired, not like he really meant much to them because he can't stay healthy. Um, really interesting to see what's going to happen there in uh, in in Arizona. It's it, I don't think it's a highly coveted job. I don't think many people are going to be like excited to be there. Kyler Murray is a very, very small, limited quarterback. Um, you got to really have the right offensive mind in there to help him succeed. And 
Cliff Kingsbury they thought was going to be it and clearly was not. I don't know really. I don't really know who they're going to be looking. I, I know they interviewed or requested an interview with Sean Payton. I don't really know if I like that matchup. Uh, I'm sure they probably called Jim Harbaugh to see if he's interested because they are getting investigated up there in Michigan. So Harbaugh will probably pull a Pete Carroll and get the fuck out of Dodge before the hammer comes down. But we'll see. Uh, I don't know if you know. Have you seen anything? Who they're going no, after? I, I I saw the Sean Payton news. I, I yeah. saw that they had requested an interview, but that's it. Okay. Then yeah, we are on the same page there. Um, so yeah, that was it. Actually, surprisingly, a, a pretty average uh, Black Monday, as they call it, with all the firings of coaches. Besides Joe Woods, there were only two head coaches. Matt Rule was fired midseason. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett was fired midseason, and uh, Frank Reich was fired midseason for the Colts. That's about it for the head coaching. Are the, are the Browns done firing people? Um, no. When Brian Flores comes in, I'm sure we'll let go of most of the defensive staff. He'll be able to pick and choose who he wants to keep, if anybody. They'll all get to come in, kind of plead their case, explain to him how they can work together, and then um, if he doesn't like what he's hearing, get the fuck out. He's bringing in his own people. So I think most of the defensive staff is going to be done. I think in terms of coordinators, apparently Mike Prefer is safe. I don't know how. He must have yeah, that confuses me. Or something <laughs> like that. He's got to have some sort of blackmail. There's no other explanation to why he has survived like four regimes. I don't get it. I thought for sure he'd be on the same bus with Woods, but that, that just confuses me. Yeah, I didn't really understand that. I, I forgot my pen. I'm just grabbing that really quick. Um, yeah, I don't understand how Prefer survives. I, I really don't get it. He's like a fucking cockroach. The only thing that can survive a nuclear blast. The guy just won't go away. Uh, he is the herpes of the Browns coaching staff. Just when you think he's gone, he shows right back up. <laughs> so I don't know what they're going to do. I guess they're just going to stick with him and hope for the best. Uh, maybe having a healthy Jakeem Grant is going to change things. I really don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, the national championship was played. For those of you that watched the first five minutes of it, the game was over really fucking quickly. Uh, what a shit show for TCU. Kind of embarrassing for college football. Um, what a perfect lead way, though, into a bracket championship next year now. What a perfect way to go right into it. Yeah, they gave the the small school team that most people didn't d- didn't think deserved this opportunity. They gave them their shot at a championship contention, and they got embarrassed. They lost by like 50 fucking points, 55, I believe. What was the score? 62 to 7, I think was the final score. Uh, yeah, 62 or 64 to 7. Yeah, either way. Yeah, it's an ass ugly, weapon. ugly, embarrassing game for TCU. Um, looked like it could be kind of close. It was 10 to nothing in the beginning, and then TCU scored. So I was like, okay, we might have ourselves a little bit of a ball game here. And then TCU never even came close to scoring again. It was ugly. You could have turned it off after the first quarter, and you didn't miss a fucking thing. I watched the whole game because I had a lot of weird prop bets going. Only hit a couple. Not happy about that, but that's the fun of gambling. You're going to lose a lot. You just got to take it on the chin. Ugly, ugly game, though, for uh, TCU. Just pathetic. Just really not fun. Really shows yeah, I mean, you that Ohio State missing that kick cost them a national championship because they would have fucking rolled TCU. With um, the players eating chicken wings on the sideline, it really just tells you kind of like the, the zero fucks given. And, you know, NCAA really fucks up with the timing of the game because it's coming right after the NFL wraps up. You have Black Monday where coaches are getting fired. You've got, you know, they're releasing the schedule for the playoffs, things like that. The NFL is still king. They're taking over the headlines. And then there's 
all of a sudden you go home and you're like, oh shit, there is a national championship game on tonight. I think most people forgot the game was happening. Um, I know I did. When we did our show last week, we didn't even talk about it because I forgot that it was coming up. I truly didn't realize that it was happening that Monday. So I was home on over the weekend and I'm like, fuck, we didn't talk about the national championship at all. And it's it's happening Monday, but I forgot about it. Because I, I don't, I don't think anybody that. really cares. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't much to talk about also. Uh, I cannot wait. I can't wait till next year, though. I can't wait to get the brackets going. I can't wait to see um, how some of these, because you're going to get some teams in there, kind of like TCU this year, and just to see how they rightfully do. I mean, of course, we assume they're going to get their ass whooped too, but I'm I'm really curious to see how it plays out next year. Yeah, I mean, as long as nobody pisses down their leg like Michigan did, uh, you don't expect these small schools to advance. So just for them to have the opportunity, cool. But you know, if you're if you're a team that's worth a fuck, you should be able to handle these small schools. Um, but who knows next year, Michigan might have a new head coach. We'll see what they do. Uh, kudos to TCU for making the championship, but at the same time, why even bother? That was a waste of a game. It was embarrassing. Uh, losing. That was the biggest, uh, widest margin of a victory in a national championship game in history. So we saw his, a historic game, uh, albeit ugly for TCU. Just not fun, not exciting. There was nothing. The even wrong kind of history game you want to watch, but yeah. I mean, they even brought in their backups at one point, and the backups had no problem moving and scoring. That just shows you how bad TCU is. Uh, so it was ugly. Not a whole lot to talk about. That is the one nice thing about the game, though, is it's easy to break down. Ugly for TCU. Congratulations to Georgia. You guys beat a high school team equivalent. Uh, and Stetson Bennett is one of the oldest college football players of all time. <laughs> Dude, the memes I'm seeing this week are fucking hilarious. My favorite fact that I learned this week is that Stetson Bennett is older than Tremaine Edmonds. You know Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker from the Bills? Yeah, yeah. So Tremaine Edmonds is in like his fourth NFL season. He's been to the Pro Bowl like three times. He's 24 years old. Stetson Bennett's 25, and he's still in college. Just shows you how fucking weird college can be. Yeah, they had the same thing stat with him and Lamar Jackson. I think they're the same age as well. You know, yeah, he's maybe a year older. um, Yeah. He's the guy from the movie Necessary Roughness, the football movie where he has the eligibility year left and he's in his 30s and comes back to play college football. That's essentially Stetson I, Bennett. I saw the meme today of um, Chris Farley and um, what's his face? Um, and he's he's doing the line from, I think it's Tommy Boy, where he's like, I just graduated. And he goes, yeah, for, I went to school for seven years. He's like, yeah, only doctors do that. And he was making, and he was like in the meme face of um, Benson or Stetson Bennett, whatever. Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, old as fuck. Uh, just a weird game to watch. I mean, he sucks. He won't, I don't think he'll go to the NFL. Uh, I don't think he's a good enough quarterback, but especially at his age, I think most teams learn from the Brandon Whedon experiment to not draft a guy in his upper twenties, but you know, congrats to Georgia. They won a national championship and congrats to Noah Ruggles because if he would have made that kick, Ohio state would probably be national championships today, national champions today. Uh, next up rumors that were quickly debunked that the WWE was sold to a Saudi Arabia public uh, investment fund. And the rumors were quickly dispersed uh, or uh, uh, shut down, I should say. Uh, Vince McMahon was brought back in to be the chairman of the board or whatever for WWE. Stephanie McMahon immediately steps down. Then the rumors happen that he's selling it to the Saudis. And then they come out and say they're not selling it to the Saudis. I don't know what to believe right now. I don't know what the fuck's happening. Um, the other rumor this is a that, horrible, horrible thing with Vince coming back. This is stupid. Yeah, and, and the rumor I saw is that if they actually end up selling it for good to the Saudis, Vince will then come back and be the creative control guy no matter what, which means Triple H is out. 
Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen with WWE going forward. It's scary to think I, about. I've been watching WWE a little bit more the last couple of weeks, just kind of really catching haven't. some of the storylines. I'm with it. I, I I just have because I've been curious to see Triple H is finally some some of the stuff's coming to fruition. Some of these storylines are actually paying off, and it's getting close to. I mean, it's Royal Rumble in a couple of weeks here, and then we get right in this WrestleMania season, right? So some of the bigger names are coming back, big storylines, and so yeah, it's, it's Royal Rumble this month, isn't it? Yeah, in two weeks. It's it's Damn, been I mean, amazing. Right. It's been amazing to watch. And now with this story and coming back, it's like Vince is coming back for WrestleMania season. It's it's a horrible fucking idea. I mean, right now, as it sits, Triple H is still head of creative, creative, I believe. And it's not changing anytime soon, hopefully. But I mean, don't give the man a chance. We'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, when I, I, I added the story to our list rundown last night, <clears throat> excuse me, because I thought it was a done deal. And then I woke up today and everyone's saying it's not a done deal. So I guess we'll just keep an eye on this, maybe talk about it more once it's official. But I just wanted to bring it to everyone's attention as, you know, I'm not as much as I used to be. Same with Kyle. Um, but we used to be wrestling fans. So it's interesting to keep an eye on little things like that. I still kind of keep up with wrestling, but I don't actually watch it. I follow wrestling. Like, wrestling. And uh, just fucking weird. I never, I did not see this coming that he was going to sell it to a Saudi Arabian public investment I mean, fund you, you think about it if you did that you'd lose the likes of pretty much your entire female division sammy zane who's your hottest commodity right now is banned from the country they won't let him wrestle in there and that's the other thing too is if they sell it to the saudis i mean they'll still be doing their shows in america so it, that's that but i'm guessing a lot of talent they're gonna quit they're gonna back out of their contracts because they're gonna be like fuck this i don't want to work for these people i don't want blood money um exactly so crazy to see how many people are willing to take a stand or if they're just like, fuck it, you know, money's green no matter who's handing it to you. That's kind of my philosophy. Um, but some people are really set in their ways and they're stubborn and they have their beliefs and they're going to stick to it. Like I immediately would see Sami Zayn quit WWE or ask for his release if they do sell to the Saudi Arabians. Um, but we'll see what happens. Keep something to keep an eye on. I think it's a done deal. Uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. The fact that that story came out makes me think that there's they, they must be crossing T's and dot and I's on the contract, and it's just as just about done. Um, but we'll find out in the coming weeks, maybe, or maybe it is really. I was hoping uh, Disney bought them, so we had an awesome Disney opening for every Raw and SmackDown. I would love that. They would go totally G-rated. The women would have to come out, and they'd have to wrestle in like the costumes of Mickey and Minnie and all that shit. That'd be kind of fun to watch, because goddamn, they would not let them show cleavage or a butt cheek anymore. I don't know. You got Deadpool on Disney. You've got rated R movies on Disney. You should go to let wrestling do their thing. When I see it, I, I need to see it first to really see how Disney lets it go. I'm guessing it's going to be the most fucking tame R-rated movie you've ever seen. I hope not. <laughs> I, hope, I hope not. With Wolverine and Deadpool, you need to let that You're shit fly. Me. All right. Uh, I have not figured out the punishment yet. Uh, we'll all collaborate on that. I, I want everyone's input because for the first time ever, Tim is included in a full challenge. And if he loses, we'll face the consequences. And I think our boy is ready. He looks ready to me. I'm ready. Hell yeah. So without further ado, let's get into our wild card picks. Um, again, we'll all collaborate. We'll come up with a, with a punishment down the line uh, at this rate, based on how my year's gone, it's probably going to be me, um, but I'm coming in hot. We'll see how this goes. So let's start off. We have Saturday, the, First game of the playoffs, my buddy that's a Seahawks fan, I told him, lucky for him, the Seahawks will be officially eliminated by the end of the first quarter because I have the Niners in a fucking blowout over the Seahawks. What say you, fellas? Yeah, give me the 49ers here. This should be an easy game for them. 
Purdy. That's a pretty good pick, my friend. <laughs> we are all on the same page. San Francisco. Next up, this is where we could see some differences here. You have the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Los Angeles Chargers. Jaguars are at home. Trevor Lawrence in his first career playoff game and Justin Herbert's first career playoff game. Jacksonville coming off a must-win game against Tennessee where they almost lost. And Jacksonville, or I'm sorry, and Los Angeles losing to the Broncos in a game they really didn't have any business keeping the starters out there. Um, I, I went first last time. I'll let somebody else go first. Don't care who, Tim or Kyle. I'll, I'll go first. I got Jacksonville in this one. Give, give, me, uh, okay. give me Trevor Lawrence in this win. <laughs> we got a clean sweep here. I uh, we have that sounded like a dying a dying animal. I don't know which one, but since that or a, a very animal. gay lightning bolt. One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to go Jacksonville as well. I think that they are just right now. They're peaking. They're playing the better the better football out of the two teams, and uh, the injury to Mike Williams I think is going to be really substantial, and that's really going to hurt the Chargers' offense on Saturday. So, give me Jacksonville. Uh, then you go to Sunday, another, I think going to be a clean sweep Buffalo at Miami. Does anybody want Miami? No, no, this should be a blowout too. Yeah. I think the line is 10 and a half. The line for the Niners game is 10 and this one's 10 and a half. So they have Miami's got no shot according to Vegas. Miami has looked so bad, like terrible. So, so bad. Like they have no business being in the playoffs. They, uh, I want, I want, I really want to to go with make your gut. the Dolphins sound, but <laughs> hey, Buffaloes are an animal too. I don't even know what the fuck they sound like, but you can <laughs> moo, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. That's close enough for me because I don't know what the hell a buffalo sounds like. <laughs> that perfect. That sounds good enough to me. Buffalo, it is. Moo, motherfucker. I like that. They still got a lot of uh, motivation too, though. Yeah, hundred percent. With the Demar Hamlin thing, I, I don't think there's any chance, especially at home. They're gonna win in a blowout. Uh, next up, you've got the Giants. Kyle's favorite team, Brian Dayball, is going to, as soon as he's done coaching the Bills, he's going to fly to my, Minnesota, and he is going to coach the New York Giants against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, this one's tough. This is a 50-50 game. I really don't know who I like here. Minnesota has looked good, but they've also looked like shit. Same thing with the Giants. Giants just rested all their starters. Uh, ugh. I guess uh, y'all went first last time, so I'm going to go first. All right, here we go. Going with the Giants. That's a good pick. I mean, I, I, I truly don't know who to pick here. You can't go wrong with either one. This is like the yeah, most easy I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Giants here, too. I, I see it happening. I think we talked about this numerous times, about how the Vikings are a very beatable team. And I, are. I, see, this being, I, I see this being this game. For being 13-4, and four, they actually had a minus in the turnover category, which is unheard of in football, Like, or, or the points, I'm sorry. Uh, they actually were outscored by, like, five more points than they put up, which is crazy to think about that they have a such a good record. Um, ooh. Do I want to be a little different here? Gambling, man. I hear it in the soul. Give me the home team. In a playoff game, I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. Ugh. Going for it. I got to roll the dice. Got to take a chance. I re- it, this is a tough game, though. I really don't know. I, it's, it's hard to pick. That's yeah. why for me, in, in 50-50 games, I usually just go with the home team. So I'm just doing that here with the Vikings. It's I really don't know who to pick. The Giants still make them. them the Giants have great pass rushers. Man. The Giants can move the ball with uh, Daniel Jones, can scramble. 
Uh, Saquon Barkley looks healthy. He's playing really well. But on the flip side, you've got Minnesota, who if they if Justin Jefferson shows up and, and him and uh, Cousins are clicking, they could put up 200 yards together. You know what I mean? It's it's any given Sunday kind of thing. I'm just going with the home team. I got to do it. Uh, next up, does anybody want the uh, the Ravens? Uh, no, I don't think they have a chance. But I think it might be closer than some people think it will. Um, but I, I don't think they win. Yeah, I Give think the, the Bengals just beat the shit out of the Ravens on Sunday. I don't think it's I think it's going to look pretty similar. Uh, the good thing for this game is it's at 8.15, so hopefully it's over by halftime. We can all go to bed and get some sleep to start the week. Um, yeah, give me Cincinnati. Tim, you as well, I'm assuming? Bye. Yeah, that's an easy pick for everybody. Uh, and then Monday night, another good one. You've got Tampa Tom against the Dallas Cowboys. Tampa Tom is at home. Again, he is 6-0 against the Cowboys. Uh, these teams faced off week one, and I believe, obviously, Tampa Bay won because Tom Brady's never lost to the Cowboys. So, Tampa Bay is kind of dragging their way into the playoffs. Barely won the e or the 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 South. Uh, the Cowboys, same thing. They're kind of dragging themselves into the playoffs with a couple of really bad games over the last few weeks. Going up against Tom Brady, who is arguably the best playoff quarterback of all time. Kyle, you could start this one off. Yeah, I'm. I cannot pick the Cowboys to win any playoff game. So give me Tampa Bay. Damn, I really thought we were going to go different here because I'm going with Tampa as well. I have a really crazy bold predict. Okay. Oh, um, bold predict. I didn't even think about a bold prediction for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really crazy bold predict. Um, Tom Brady and his wife losing season. <laughs> oh, okay. I like that. Uh, him to show that he could still do it without a woman by his side would be crazy. And then have that eighth, eighth ring. You think this is the year Tom Brady's going to take him all the way? I hate Wow. Him. I do too. I fucking hate the guy. Like I, I really want to pick against him just so he doesn't win another playoff game. I think he uh I think he makes a strong playoff push. Okay. I'm not going to say uh he's I, going all the way cuz yeah, that would be I, really bold. Yeah, I don't I don't think they have the roster to compete against the likes of like Kansas City, Buffalo, even Philadelphia. Um, well, that's who they play next. So. Yeah, but the Cowboys, shit. I mean, I think they could beat the Cowboys easily. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. I think Tom Brady's going to show off. He's going to be yeah. like, everybody wrote me off all season. Fuck you guys. Here's four touchdowns in a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna, and here's me eliminating America's team. He's going to be nuts. He's got to go nuts. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. All right. So. Yeah, give me give me Tampa Bay here in this one. Definitely. We only have one differing pick, and that is me taking Minnesota. So it's going to be an interesting playoff run here for everybody. Uh, that'll be fun. So we'll start that off again. We'll uh, send in your suggestions. So for next week. We're, we're trying to think on a punishment for this one. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we'll think of something. Obviously, with it being just a playoff thing, we, we keep these punishments a little lighter. Uh, the full season ones are the ones where we really go at it. Uh, so we'll think of something. Anybody in the comments, anybody at home, if you want to email, write us on Facebook, whatever. Uh, give us some suggestions. We'll definitely take them. Maybe we could throw some suggestions out on a poll. Let everybody at home vote. That'd be a fun thing to do. Uh, Excuse me. We'll do that. Pleasure. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea to me. We can do that. Let everybody pick and choose. We are actually making good time today. So without further ado, we are at just the tip. We actually have a little bit of time to spare. Look at us. We're maturing. Hey. We're getting better. It's actually because I knew we were going to have a slower week because there wasn't as much to talk about. We only had to do, what, seven fucking games or whatever there? Yeah. Uh, six, there. actually. So only six. So that was kind of easy. Usually we're doing like 10 plus. So that was nice. It's because uh, my yeah, beautiful we'll... presence isn't there to keep this going and over and over and over again. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
we'll let uh, with uh, as, as is tradition, Tim Buck too. Start us off with your tip, buddy. So I have my tip, uh, but it is going to be a little different. Okay. Uh, so my tip is actually going to be my video. Okay, I like it. <laughs> so that's uh, actually perfect because we need we need the, we have plenty of time. So go ahead. So with that, mind if I go to Kyle next? Yeah, first. of course. Kyle, can you do yours first? I can give you my tip right now. That's fine. Sure. Sooner the better for Tim. He's eager. Uh, so my t- so my tip was I just started I, I started watching a show a couple of years ago, like the first two episodes, and then I got sidetracked and just never came back to it. And I it's on Netflix, so I picked it back up, kind of restarted it. Um, it's called Designated Survivors uh, with Kiefer Sutherland. I I love him as an actor and loved him in Twenty Four. Um, but the show has a very unique uh, twist to it. So I don't know if you guys know that. Um, obviously, when they do this, the um, the address um, when they do the speech for the president that they leave one person behind and just in case something goes wrong and this picks up right there. So they're doing the, the state of the union address and he is actually the uh, housing and urban development secretary that's sitting back at the white house right now. The entire Congress gets blown up, everyone dies and it falls to him to be the next president. And then it kind of picks up with him now being sworn in as president and then trying to figure out what happened, why all these people got killed. And it's, it's a really good show. Um, especially if you're a fan of his, uh, I think you'd like it. Um, it's really good drama, but it's, there's three seasons right now on Netflix. I, I don't know if it's done. I think there'll be a fourth season that's on ABC right now, but the three seasons are on Netflix right now. Interesting. I've, I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. Um, it's kind of crazy that they could make a concept, like take a concept like that and make a show multiple seasons where he's sworn in. Everyone's dead. It's kind of like how, how much can you really do with that? But apparently they can right. do quite a bit if they got three seasons right. of it. Initially, yeah, I was expecting absolutely. you to say like it's a mini series, like eight episode kind of deal. Um, but to be a full three seasons, that's that's impressive because that's just good writing, I guess. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely worth watching, especially if you like him. I, I do say suggest give it a suggest, watch the first four or five episodes because um, after the first two are kind of like just quick, you know, going over the story, what happened, and everyone dies and like getting sworn in. But then it starts getting pretty good uh, with him handling some of the uh, governors and and um, whatnot in, around the country. It's it's a good show though. Absolutely. Tim, are you ready? Or you want me to go? Uh, I'm ready. Here okay, go. go ahead. Here we go with my tip. Here it is. Appreciate it, appreciate it. I'm Tim Buck, too, a.k.a. Mr. Don't Let Your Plate Around Me. Uh, uh, I love comedy, um, and I don't feel like comedy is hard. I know a lot of people think it's hard. I just come up here and talk about my titties, and it goes great. <laughs> They say to do comedy, you gotta have courage. You gotta have big balls. I can't see mine anyway, so I just gotta believe. That was my tip of the week. <laughs> I love it. So for those of you that didn't know, Tim talked about it the last couple of weeks. He did 50 first right. jokes at yeah. uh, Hilarities. And basically that's, they had 50 comedians-ish go up and you tell one joke and you're done, that's it. Uh, you try a joke for the first time or, you know, some people I'm sure tried some shit they've done before, but overall they want you to do something new. And Tim went up there and fucking killed it. That's why it was quick, brief to the point. Oh yeah, dude. That's good. That's funny as fuck. Reaction. That's the number one thing you want that. As long as you got the crowd on your side, you did one joke done. Yeah. Yeah. I just went up there. 
I had a couple jokes written um, in my head. I'm just like, you know what? I could do a couple, but just went with your gut, and that's the you one you went with, and it worked out. I, I think you one. made the right choice. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm fucking it. proud of you, man. That's awesome. Playing at Hilarities, there's nothing nothing better. I love that place. Uh, got to go on the main stage. It's an awesome accomplishment for Tim. I'm proud of you. I'm sure Kyle is. I'm talking about balls. He's proud of you, buddy. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You're man. the you're the funniest guy on our show, Tim. I appreciate it. Debatable. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to find out one day. <laughs> uh, but no, that's awesome, man. Kudos to Tim. That's great. Uh, looking forward to now the football season's over, hopefully getting to a show with him. I want to see him again. I, I caught most of his set at Lucy's, uh, but I came in a little late because I was on uh, Lee's show. So next time he's doing something, if I'm free, I'm there. All right. Well, I can't wait. Hold me to it. Let me know about the 29th. 29th. That's the one at Lucy's? No. It's uh, hilarities again. Hilarities, okay. No shit again. Same kind of deal. Fifty first jokes thing, or oh, you're doing like a full set. You got invited back, huh? You got invited back. So, the the guy that runs it, uh, I had talked to him. So, no shit. Hell yeah, dude. Keep me posted. If you get that, let me know. Appreciate it. Hell yeah, dude. That's great. We'll try to get everybody out there. We'll plug the shit out of that on here. Um, the talking my- about boys, we'll, we'll sponsor it. So we'll put something in the back. It's brought to you by Balls. We got that banner in my basement. <laughs> we'll hang that up. <laughs> um, my Just a Tip is a show that isn't even out yet. Uh, I loved the game. Uh, I was telling Tim before the show started, I don't play many video games. I play uh, Call of Duty, occasionally Madden, some you know NHL. I just play sports games. Uh, but uh, The Last of Us was one of the greatest video games I've ever played. I loved it. I got to the end of the game and I was like really upset that it was over because I wanted to keep playing it. And then it took them about 10 years to make a sequel. I raced through it, loved it. It was just as good. Um, Phenomenal show. It's about not necessarily a a zombie apocalypse, but something very similar to where it is now like a dystopian world. Uh, You're fighting for survival against not only humans, but also the, the clickers, the, you know, the zombies, whatever you want to call them. Um, the only thing, though, that I read is for the show, for those of you that have ever played it, they changed it a little bit. In real life, it, it, you can contract it through spores, which go through the air, so you have to wear, like, a mask. But obviously, for it being a TV show, HBO was like, we don't want these actors wearing masks. That kind of takes the excitement out of the show. So it, it won't be uh, – they're, they to, they're going to change the way that it's transmitted a little bit for the show. But either way, I'm really excited. Pedro Pascal and – I forgot her name, but the little girl from – Game of Thrones. Um, Game of Thrones. She is Ellie, and Pedro Pascal is um, I forgot his name. The hell is his name? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, either way, phenomenal game. I'm expecting the show to be Joel. That's his name. Fuck, couldn't think of it. Um, Joel and Ellie. I cannot wait for the show to come out. Starts on Sunday on HBO. Uh, it will be on HBO Max as well, just like House of the Dragon. If you were into that, uh, so check it out. Uh, let me know what you think. Report back next week. I'm excited for it. I really, really, really can't wait. This is a show that I've been dying for it to come out for like two years now since I heard about it. Uh, so I want everyone else to watch it because the better the ratings do, the better chance it has of surviving and being multiple seasons. So watch it. Did they suck come out and say that they were going to just cover the, the first game in, in this first season? Or they Yeah, gonna... what I heard is okay. this season will be like the whole game. Um but what's cool about that is if they keep going, there's such a gap in between the first game and the second game in terms of the timeline and like the years in the in like the video game world that they have so much shit they can fill in the middle. They can keep it going. Uh, so I'm excited for it. 
HBO usually is just really great with their shows, so I have a lot of confidence in them. If it were Netflix, I'd be a little weary, but with it being HBO, I have a lot of faith in it. Uh, so I'm really excited. I'm excited to check it out. And uh, next week, don't forget the tabbies. You're going to hear us talk about, I already did mine. I have all mine finished already. I'm doing uh, my favorite horror movie, favorite overall movie. I'm doing my most hated movie, uh, my favorite TV show, my most hated TV show. I'm doing my favorite album, favorite book. I got the whole fucking thing. I wrote it all out. I am all set for the tabbies next Wednesday. I cannot wait. 10 tabbies? Uh, You can do as many as you want. I was going to do three, two balls in the shaft. I'm okay with that. Whatever you're comfortable with. I like that. Uh, yeah, no, honestly, you gotta come up with whatever categories you want. I'm doing just ones that I thought of. If you have something else, I also thought about doing, um, which actually, I guess I have time. I have another week. I'm going to do my favorite, uh, Cleveland sports moment. So I guess it'll kind of fit in with us being a sports show. Uh, but that'll be next week. Check it out next Wednesday night. Uh, wear your Sunday best dress up, get the champagne ready, get your speeches prepared. We are doing the tabbies. I cannot wait. That it for everybody. Anything else you guys want to talk about? No, can't wait for next week. All right, everyone. On behalf of Talking About Balls, you look like every white homeless man I've seen. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you for watching. See you, Kyle.